0: What are we talking about, by the way? (laughs) Oh, my
1: God. It's episode 150. So excited to be doing Hotline League right now. Uh, And, you know, I appreciate everyone watching live because I realized there was a major, major thing that happened today. World of Warcraft Shadowlands came out. That's very exciting. Anyway, let's let's go ahead and introduce my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark?
0: Uh, I'm doing the tweet, and you gave me inspiration for what the tweet's gonna be. Uh, so I'll well, I guess I'll, I'll finish that tweet in a second. Uh, it's going good. I've just been uh, grinding Rhythm of War. I am about to start the fourth section, which is like 850 words pages yeah. in.
1: All right. Well, Travis is that,
0: in chapter one, I think.
1: I'm in chapter five. Oh shit! I I want to savor this a little bit. All right, and it, but I will say it's it's there's some some hype stuff starting off already. Uh, we can't, I won't give any spoilers cause people are not into the series. So, uh, it's fine. Uh, we are also joined this week by Hunter from golden guardians. How's it going, Hunter? I'm excellent. How are you all? Good. I guess you
2: already said it's good to be here.
1: What is your title Thank you for having at me? Golden guardians. Sorry. Oh, what my is- title. Yeah
2: uh head of esports I'm head of esports for the Golden State Warriors uh which is uh, all of our esports efforts Golden Guardians so 2K team which Sunders
1: Can I just call you like the CEO of Golden You're like the Golden Yeah Guardians I mean I CEO. think
2: <sighs> I my my counterparts in day-to-day sort of operations are more like the Jack Steve Andy Tier but from a like legal standpoint um I'm not I'm not an owner of the organization so somewhere in between
1: We're here with the owner of Golden Guardians Hunter of Golden uh, State Warriors That's <laughs> right of- <laughs> He owns Golden State Warriors. That's right. uh, to talk about some of their moves in the off season, um, both Golden State Warriors and Golden Guardians. So if you have a GSW move, he's the he's he can elaborate on it. Uh, this episode is obviously brought to you by Alienware. And by the way, it is 150 episodes. Mark, did you ever think we'd do 150 episodes?
0: Um, I didn't think we'd ever get here, and I have felt every step of the way
1: don't know what that means uh i i should say by the way that um hunter and i are former colleagues we worked at Gamespot together and then at yahoo esports and uh we also did a show previously called esports and chill of which i am wearing the the hoodie today for i don't know if i can uh i don't this is not
2: it's not gonna work but it says esports and chill on the back
1: all right just People can know that that's it was a good show. time. It was
2: a bad show. It was sort of the precursor for this show in some ways. In some very ways, loosely, yeah. A uh,
1: bunch of lazy friends who didn't want to do the show with me but felt obligated to do it every week, and I guilted them. So, yeah, it's very similar in many ways. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, we're yeah. going to be talking about all of the, uh, the off-season stuff. Uh, Mark, anything happened this week besides Rhythm of War that you, I don't know, was really exciting for you? Roster uh i mean, news? i mean a bunch of stuff got confirmed
0: right that's what i was gonna say is like it's weird because a lot of the big moves are already um kind of known and so at that point it's just about like whatever videos the orgs are, are tweeting out to kind of hype it up um but it's not like new news i think some of the tsm stuff has been interesting um because it sounds like some of that their planning has has come apart potentially um so i mean there is a lot of of stuff now that's you know, confirmed. maybe we can speculate a little bit more. But I don't know if any – do you still have a spreadsheet that you've been tracking or have you stopped doing that?
1: I've, I've not been updating the spreadsheet. I froze the spreadsheet because I pay attention to uh, – I watch and consume 538 content, and they freeze their model right before the election. So I felt like much like Nate Silver, it was my responsibility to freeze the spreadsheet.
2: Scientific uh, accuracy requires. Yes,
1: exactly, that. exactly. People can go back and reflect on my spreadsheet.
0: You should make a second sheet of things that have been confirmed, so I have an easier way of tracking it. So you can do all the work.
2: <laughs> I think there's
1: a subreddit, uh, th- like pinned topic that has a bunch of that stuff. So
2: you I think go. that's true. I yeah. think uh, most of what everybody had before free agency day has panned out. I don't know, There haven't been a ton of surprises. I think the biggest surprise is that. TSM's lineup isn't known yet. Yeah. Um, you know, and for that could be for a lot of different reasons. But if I had to guess, I think based on the difference that the one one week has made, that's the biggest one is that, um, that that team hasn't seem, seemingly announced or shored up, uh, to, you know, its, its roster yet. Yeah.
0: Uh, there's been also some like drama, I guess you could say, between G2 and Fnatic about, um, you know, Ocelot not really entertaining Fnatic's offer, even though you know Fnatic admitted that based off the buyout that C9 went with, they probably couldn't have outbid them or whatever. But um, you know, it wasn't even like they had a chance. It sounds like. And then Carlos was, <clears throat> or Ocelot was memeing about why would I even entertain them? They're my league, and like I don't know, it'd be cool with another kind of head. Like I said, whatever we want to designate, Hunter, <laughs> head of an org, and like his perspective on on the the reasoning.
1: So so I, we should probably say, by the way, Hunter will be here for the first hour of the show. Uh, so I think Mark and I will talk to him a little bit. And then if people have calls about the Golden Guardians moves, which we can discuss in a moment, uh, or just about offseason from a owner, CEO, team operator standpoint, uh, we can do that as well. In the second half of the show, uh, it'll just be Mark and I, and we will be opening up to pretty broad calls about all sorts of different stuff. I think there is a ton to talk about. Uh, because now that things are starting to get confirmed, I mean, I released a video today just talking about the number of veterans in the space who I don't think will be getting uh, a start, uh, potentially. I mean, I what was it I tweeted earlier? I'm pulling it up. There's a chance where we don't see Hanser, Bjergsen, Biofrost, Sneaky, Mediosic, Smithy, or Double If competing in the LCS next year. None of those players, I, right? So it's, uh, it's just crazy. Like, those are almost all the stars of the league.
0: Yeah, your, your video uh, on Reddit uh there's the top comment has like the entire list and it's actually like you know th- those are a lot of the heavy hitters but it's like 15 players it's not even
1: uh, the entire list i think they they didn't include all the, maybe they did but i i, think I mean they include that they names wasn't. like Boom and, and some of those will probably still end up on teams right like between solo Hanser and fake god i think one of those will end up on on dig i've been i've been hearing fake god but we will see how things uh pan out right. uh so we'll talk about that in the second half of the show. But first, Hunter, you guys officially announced your lineup. Was it today?
2: I think it was. Today. Yeah, we did today at noon. I think. Okay.
1: Um, yeah, and and- I will say you guys are getting a lot of hype around it, which is very funny because I think if you had announced this roster a year ago, you would have been flamed incredibly hard for it. So I don't know what's today been like for you.
2: Uh, I think a relief. Um, it's been. A roller coaster of an off season for sure, and yeah, I definitely, I definitely think a relief. I think in a lot of ways we kind of did announce a roster like this a year ago, in in some ways, and we did get a lot of flame for it. And I think that's you know, if there's anything that came out of twenty, um, <clears throat> you know, the the ups and the downs and and where we ended up is that I, I think. Based on today, at least, I think we've built some benefit of the doubt in the community in a way that we maybe didn't have a year ago. That we kind of know what we're doing, um, and that at least, maybe at least Nick does, and uh, and that maybe we're you know we're going to do something good this year potentially. Nick so, being an arrow. Nick being an arrow. Sorry, yeah. Um, and uh, and that is nice, um, and kind of ends the roller coaster on the note that I that I think. Was all we could have hoped for as, as it progressed, which is optimism, you know, a certain amount of confidence um, and uh, and, you know, really looking ahead.
1: So uh, for those that are listening to this, um, maybe they just listen to the podcast once a week or something. They missed the announcement. What, what is do? your roster?
2: yeah so we're starting uh two players from the maryville collegiate team uh niles and iconic at top and jungle we're promoting uh, a blaze olive from academy to our mid lane uh we acquired Stixay from clg uh and we're putting him at bot and we acquired newbie from uh, a lad am team um, and we're putting him at support uh and uh Honestly, it's like a really interesting mix, and I'm really excited about how it came together. Um, uh, We looked at a lot of these players for originally we ran like a, a big combine you know heading into this offseason uh, originally kind of looking for the kind of amateur and academy tier um, which was announced at the time and we sort of couched all this and we invited 55 total players in from sort of up and down that kind of competitive scene um, and a lot of these guys caught our eye right away when we didn't think this was the direction our offseason was going um, and sort of have maybe slotted them for academy or who knows about the amateur system as we saw kind of the rule set finalize and and the, what it was going to look like and it just turned out that our offseason went in a really different direction um and we were able to uh to get them for the for the main roster instead
1: uh in the chat who's a frequent person on this on this channel he a week ago i i predicted uh niles to your your starting position based off of stuff i was hearing and he said there's no way that happens i will give 20 subs in the chat if it happens now it has been revealed, and he's still refusing because he says that uh, he's going to wait until the very first week because he doesn't believe it. So, how confident are you? When do I get <laughs> these twenty subs?
2: Uh, I mean, I, he might as well do it now, dude. We announced it; like uh, it's <laughs> it's legit. It's happening. Okay. So give me my um, money, Vasilim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh.
0: I, after after he does it, you can you can cut him. You know, once the, once the subs come through, the underhand agreement between you two is is good. You can. Stop Yeah, yeah, yeah player, exactly. Right?
1: That's right. Yes, I've made a deal with Hunter. He's going to falsely <laughs> announce this top laner. <laughs> I get. Who was, this was it again? Niles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Niles. Yeah. That's
2: the guy. That's the one. Yes, Sub-train, yeah. Subtrain. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Very good.
1: Anyway, <laughs> anyway uh, Mark. I don't know if you have some questions for Hunter before we get into it. I have a couple more, but I know I've been sort of.
0: No, I mean you, you him keep, him keep conversation. Yeah, you you can keep hogging him. I mean, I, I watched the video. Um, I think a lot of the questions slash takes I would have are ones that are probably going to be had by the community anyways, so I'll probably just reserve those to callers um, and not, Yeah, not... I mean,
2: let's stick say one I assume there'll be one of those, or if you don't have one, I can handle that up front or at the end or some point, I, I feel like that would be on there and then anything else people you know want to talk about systemic stuff, broader ecosystem things I'm, I'm you know We went into this offseason thinking, especially the way it went, that um, we'd kind of turn over a a fresh leaf of transparency around at least our our thinking. And, you know, what happened to us is it was going to be difficult to just like roll out this lineup and with a big thumbs up without a lot of context. So, you know, I can pull back the curtain on other things that people are curious about. potentially. I
1: I think uh, ESPN reported that at one point in time, you guys were planning on paying one point seven five million to Jack for. Oh, uh, licorice, Vasilim finally choking up the 20 subs. Thank you <laughs> choking summer. up. Uh, a man of his <laughs> word. Yeah, uh oh by the way if audio is an issue please let me know chat cuz uh, some people are saying it's so quiet. Um but was it, is that was that a thing at some point in time? I mean maybe you can't talk to the number. I know people. No, I think that's fine. Name. I mean I
2: think um we had worked um with stakeholders above me in the GSW pipeline around uh, you know what our off season was gonna look like and potential budget and direction and um, how we thought this was the opportunity we had kind of been building for for, for three years now. Um, and we entered into a bunch of negotiations with a fairly aggressive posture. Um, For two reasons. One, you know, I had done a lot of calls just checking in with my counterparts and other things. And I think after after our roster performed as well as it did relative to maybe some more expensive rosters last year. You know, I had kind of gotten the sense that people maybe weren't going to be spending as much this offseason, and, and I thought we might be – in general, we try to kind of zig a little when people are zagging, and I thought we might be zigging a little with our spending when they were zagging and, and doing a little bit more what we did. Um, and w- literally within two minutes of each other, we found out from Jack that we had won the licorice bidding, and I got the, the call from upstairs saying that um, all of the uncertainty in the NBA situation and other things you know, would kind of force a change of plans. And I called Dan um, and I'm sure he thought I was calling to congratulate GM. him and for us to celebrate. Yeah. Our, our general manager who had been working uh, intense, intensely on this for a couple years in one sense, but you know, really for a couple weeks, um, I'm sure he thought I was calling to celebrate and congratulate. And, uh, instead I was calling <laughs> to ruin his life and, <laughs> um, and crush, crush his dreams. And, um, and yeah, I think for for Jack, I don't, you know, he would have to comment on how much of a disruption, you know, that was for his plans. But um, but I think uh, that's not what he was expecting either, and um, he was very gracious about the whole thing, which I appreciate uh, for sure. And not not where we wanted to be, but um, that was the beginning of a big sea change in our in our offseason and our plans for kind of twenty one and beyond.
1: What you were saying within uh, two minutes
2: of the Yeah, like, yeah. They literally came in at the same time. I think uh, so Jack it would have been was really like, great for one of them to come in like several hours before the other Jack, one either. Jack direction. was
1: like you could you could get you could you've got like Chris, it's gonna happen and the GSW was like psych. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean again, conversations happening in parallel, so yeah. it wasn't not really that, but that's kinda of the the whiplash I think for all of us uh, was pretty intense. Um, and you know, I just uh Everybody reacts to uncertainty differently. I think that's one of the, the major lessons of this, just at an org level thing. That like that's true on the NBA side, just the way the different NBA teams approached the uncertainty in their season and revenue streams, and what that meant for them. And then certainly, like I think COVID and all of the uncertainty this year uh, affected lots of different teams differently in the way their bottom lines, played and other things. Um, you know that uncertainty, I think, just was at a peak. Um, when these other conversations were reaching their conclusion and uh, the mismatch in timing could not have been more sort of extreme.
0: Um, I know I have another – I have a caller that's going to maybe have some more to ask about uh, uh, with the COVID situation, the NBA and all that tying together. I don't know if there's any more meat on that bone, so to to speak, on that topic.
2: I mean, he can. If you want someone to ask specifically, I don't know how much more I can say about that. To be honest, um, I think a, a fair amount of that is in the public domain, and you can read about it. Most of it is probably not really within my like purview to speak about, other than you know as as much as I've done there that that uncertainty affected us and we had to make different decisions than we expected as a result.
0: Okay, well then I'll I'll ask the a question then since I haven't really seen it. Um, I think there's there's two parts to it. Like one, when you're building a new you know roster with a lot of younger newer talent um you know some people might say why bring in a veteran uh, and i think that's that's one question that people would have the other one of course would be then why specifically sticks a why the 80 carry position why why some of those those angles was it about balancing the existing talent pool versus sticks a or was six a like the, the guy that you targeted or you know how, how did all that process kind of happen
2: yeah. Um, I think AD Carry might have been it was one of the last positions to kind of shore up as we were, you know, resetting in real time. And I, I think for, for people's perspective, and I'll get to 16 in just a second, you tend to have fifty conversations all at once, just in the offseason in general. Like you name a player, they were probably floating through our internal chat at some point and potentially even Danin reached out to them and had a conversation, or their agent or the team owner who represents them. I mean, you're doing a lot of a lot of conversations in parallel. Um, and you're kind of creating a tier list, a tier list at each position and sort of checking down them as you go and, and crossing things off. And so, um, you know, we probably considered, I think Nick put this and Nero put this in a nice tweet. Like if you were sort of curious about player X versus player Y, like we probably did look at that. And, and depending on the person, there might've been a lot of different reasons to come together. So in some ways it's easier to talk about why one person, as opposed to why not somebody else, unless people have a very specific challenge. Um, so I think when putting together young players, um, it is one of the challenges that you need people who can model what uh, what professionalism looks like in a, in a bunch of different ways. And in particular, because coaches are not around um, during the flow of the game, Having somebody who has an experienced voice to help set the tone for um, the progression of a game and the direction and thinking through and other things, uh, I think is incredibly important. And I I, I don't think it's a coincidence that most even of the reset rosters, um, Immortals kind of heading in a youth direction, FlyQuest with, you know, like a sort of a mix like... Um, with Licorice as the veteran and maybe some younger players at other positions. Um, maybe Dig is heading that direction. I don't know. There's a lot of rumors about what they're going on. Most of them have at least one veteran on the roster to sort of be that kind of centralizing and calming force. And then you're making bets effectively on the other youth players. So why Sticks in particular? Our coaches, Nick in particular, um, general manager, Danon have always you know, admired Stix A and wanted to uh, work with him if it was possible. He's just been very reliably employed at CLG, and they weren't uh, previous to now particularly interested in conversations about him one way or the other, which can make sense given a, a lot of the strength that he had even a full year ago when CLG was one of the better teams in summer and just barely missed out on Worlds. Um, so I guess that's like uh yeah uh you know a year and a half ago at this point, so um we weren't sure that he was going to be a, be available this off season he was on our list, and then we went into interviews as the as we were kind of resetting and looking around and um He really impressed in the interviews we had or you know i think getting somebody a veteran who was going to be interested in buying into what this year was going to be for us what uh, their role on the roster was going to be and what what we'd be looking for for them to bring um not every veteran is going to be up for that it is a very particular skill set and you need the kind of emotional maturity communication skills um necessary that not not everybody has for one reason or another um and so he was a great fit for kind of both parts of that mold. Um, and our bottom lane is really going to have a lot of experience. Newbie obviously, playing at a professional level in a wildcard region um, and winning to the last two MVPs of that region. You know, he's new to NA, but just like Closer and FBI, I, th- I think we were placing a bet that he can, you know, translate that. And then A obviously, um, a lot of success a lot of failure also, you know, he, he had to get on the kind of redemption train and believe that that was, um, believe that was something that, that he was up for and interested in and would be, would be good for him in a way that not every experienced AD carry was, was going to want to do.
1: Uh, Mark, do you have any questions about that? Uh, do you have any callers that want to talk about like sort of the veteran list? Because I, I would have one last question for Hunter before we get into calls.
0: Uh, no, right now. I have, I have three for other, questions Four for other questions. Okay. Four, questions? Right.
1: okay so, I won't ask you about each of these, Hunter, but I think generally speaking, a lot of people are like, okay, Golden Guardians had the the implication that you've you've implied or even in some ways is kind of overtly said is that your budget is not really big this year. And so you are looking at newer faces in part because newer faces tend to run a little cheaper. Uh, when I am looking at this list of Sneaky, Ruin, Hauncer, Solo, Biofrost, Defly, Wiggly, Golden Glue, Cody Sun, Ryoma, Fake God, Zazel, Medios, Contracts, Apollo, Xmithy, Hako, Frog, and Viper, mm-hmm. Poom, and Doublelift. I mean Doublelift, let's throw them out. But are these were these players too expensive? Like I I guess from my perspective, there's this giant list of veterans. Uh you would think that if they're now at a point in time where they probably won't have a team to play on. You could probably get these players for pretty bargain bin prices. (laughs) No disrespect to them. Um, So was there a a thought there at all? Like, did you already lock in these, these before you thought that these guys were going to become available? Are they not as expensive? You know, like why?
2: Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. And I think it goes to uh, probably at least two points about that. So I think, uh, I think I'd say one thing. I think, you know, kind of what we're doing this year is sacrificing um, what was the original plan for 2021 now for 2022 and 2023. And, um, and so we're looking for explicitly to make bets this year, that it would be great, of course, if they all paid off instantly, but the more you know, the, the higher likelihood is that they're going to pay off next year. Uh, next year is in 2022, um, and so you know the, a veteran presence has to be one that you think can scale appropriately. I think with the players that you've got is going to be happy here for the year, given what it is, and then you know kind of buy in and continue on with it after. And and not everybody's going to fit that. So I think I think that's one point. You know we're explicitly looking for young talent because we have now a two and probably more likely a three year you know sort of time horizon on on when we're next have the window that that we had this offseason so um, so
1: just so, to sorry just to be clear yeah. it sounds like because like for instance one of these these example r- rosters that people have made in this reddit thread of of potential options solo x smithy import mid cody sun zazel i guess you're saying like the, that roster looks like it could make playoffs and do quite well in 2021 but you guys are looking at you know will all those players still be peak atop of their game two to three years from now or even playing
2: yeah, I mean I think that's one. Also, I don't know if that roster will make I don't know how good that roster is. And I think three um which I would have said before, I think uh a lot of behavioral stuff um you know i think this off season is probably costing people more than it might have in years past although a lot of the names on their list have lost or sort of their opportunity the quality of their opportunities has decreased over time as some of that stuff has has caught up to them you can see a lot of names on that list um maybe having bounced down to academy or not even had a spot at the beginning of last year or other things i think i think things tend to catch up to you um, at some point and uh, a reset this big and it's not just not just us again immortals pretty big reset dig rumored a big reset fly quest has announced like a pretty big reset and a lot of reasons that's you know that's a lot of teams looking to shake things up um, and there are a number of reasons why you might not fit uh, post-reset, but I think what I'd say is it's going to be one of those two things. Either the timeline that the team is working on isn't one that matches with you anymore, or there's some stuff about you as an individual or as a teammate that people aren't interested in and the kind of environments that they're, you know, like this team's going to struggle, right? They're going to have to learn. That's not for everybody. Not everybody wants to do that or excels in that kind of environment. And... Um, you know, I think if if you are of the opinion that you should be on a top team pushing for Worlds and we say, well, I've got four rookies you'd want to play with, um, that's not going to be a match for, for most veterans.
1: Okay. Well, let's let's maybe hop into calls then. Uh, Mark, you think we're ready?
2: Yeah. I got a
0: couple of people waiting to go and still grabbing some more. I'm going to probably try and actually uh, only look for takes I think Hunter can, can comment on and then I'll, I'll reload the waiting room uh, whenever we're... Well, and, and yes, again, we only have time out. for
1: like another 35 minutes or so. So, Yeah, um, I'm only, I only
0: got four right now, and I okay. assume we'll, we should hopefully get through them quickly.
1: <clears throat> Shout out to Revin is Live, LOL Bulbasaur for 32 months, Pedro Polo, 20 pounds of hummus, uh, Osteel Manly Puppet, Killing You Guy, Danny Grimm, Zugby, Horny Jail for Kaisa for six months in advance. Thank you. That's a very generous advance. Uh, John G365, BM Smolin, uh, and Vasilim, who gifted the 20 subs, and then Boba Cole at 39 months—that's crazy—and I love you, Chad at 36, and Naked Homeless Man at 34. We've got some long, long-time subscribers. I really appreciate that. Tom Shue is here. Tom Shu, noted Reddit mod, uh, is hey. here. I have to call you out for that. Where, where <laughs> are you calling from?
3: I know it's sad, right? But uh, yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm calling from uh, Washington D.C.
1: Washington D.C. Oh, my hometown. Yeah, yeah. You have strong opinions. Okay. Just remember that you're calling, or you're speaking to another hometown, Washington D.C. Washingtonian. Uh,
3: yeah. What do? you oh yeah, yeah. It's all right. I'll take it easy today. I'm tired anyhow
1: <laughs> What do you What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh,
3: so now that we've actually gotten the the full roster, um, I'm a little bit concerned about Niles and Iconic, uh, making the jump from collegiate to LCS, uh. I do know that it is a very large leap going from these two different levels of competition, and uh, I've been watching Niles and Iconic for a while when they've been, you know, dominating the collegiate scene. But what tends to make uh, me a little bit nervous is that, do you, uh, Hunter, do you think that this is kind of, you know, a a lot to a lot to stomach? Just jumping this far in one you know in one season because uh, bear with me like i've seen this like many many times before where you take a, a a true rookie and then you put him on a situation that can be uh let's say less than ideal um and they go out there and then they struggle and then the community turns on them and you know they kind of go back to academy never to be seen again and what I really want to avoid is having that same thing happen for a lot of the rookies on this team. Because, you know, there's a lot of people that we haven't seen before, and if their first impression is not necessarily the greatest, then the, 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 the chances is that they, that might stick. And how do you feel like all the, the new players are going to handle, you know, jumping right into this pot? you think they'll be Okay. <laughs>
2: Uh, I mean, I do, but I, but I would say, I think, I think it's a fair concern. And a, a couple points I would say. One is, I think the community is in a different place in regards to these roster resets than we probably have seen a year or two years ago. And Travis pointed that out, you know, when we kind of announced our roster a year ago. But, but I just think in general, the amount of talent turnover this offseason, like kind of raw talent turnover this offseason, I think it's just going to set different expectations. Um, in the community, for what the season looks like, I also think n a struggles, and you know there's like a cycle of of n a suck that we get into where we're blaming a different part of the ecosystem at a different point, but we're in the part of the cycle now where it's like why are where's the new talent? Where are the young players? We may get out of that cycle by the end of spring split where they're like, oh, those are the new players. get me out but uh but I think for for the moment, at least for the start, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of interest in this. And I think at a time if it is the case where you know, Burson. It is the case if Burson is stepped down. You know that all of these names are turning over. That should force the whole scene to kind of tell different stories, look at different players, um, think about progression and development differently. The analyst desk can't be focused on just the biggest names, you know, of the past, the uh, the broadcast pieces and packages and other things can't be focused on, you know, Doublelift and Bjergsen and Jensen and these names they are going to have to tell more stories. And some of those stories are going to be a different kind of story than we've seen in the past, which should, I think, help everybody accept that uh, the teams like ours uh, may take a little bit more time than people are used to, to for people to find their legs. I also think, the the you know rumors of a format change and what that could mean or other things. There's a lot of directions next year could go that could make it easier for that story to be told over time.
0: I was actually going to have a follow up about exactly that because my concern would, would maybe go the other direction where um, you know if the reported by Travis uh, changes in schedule happen. If I don't know how it'll go, it's speculation, but it feels like it would be a little bit less. Opportunity to change between splits, uh, given that they are technically one split. Though it sounds like there's still that gap period. I don't know what you know trade rules were going to be, but like, yeah. Do you, do you have any concerns about like you know you're more locked into your decisions in spring than you might have been in a previous model, or do you think it's basically the same?
2: I think it's basically the same. I think it was kind of under. I- I'm not sure the community ever really appreciated that if you got knocked out early in playoffs or didn't make playoffs in spring, you had at times like two whole months. Uh, Often you had more time between uh, end of spring and the start of summer than you had between free agency and the start of spring, right? So you actually have a lot of time with all, typically all the players in market and a lot of access to people to experiment with roster changes between splits. And that is definitely going to be the case this year as well, regardless of the potential format. And I think if the rumors that Travis had are correct... There are more games to be played in summer. So actually like you have you have a, a you know kind of a big experimental opportunity in spring just like you had last year when spring didn't count and then you have even more games in summer. And let's just say playoff format stays the same where it's like top 8 and up in, in some you know degrees of waiting for for those seedings. Um, those are playoff spots for the taking. I mean, there's a reason like playoffs came down to the wire for for you know, this, this last uh, split for pretty much all eight seats. Um, and I guess I could, in a way, all 10 seats. And I, I expect the same will be the case. It's going to be far more about who ends the year on the hottest note ready to go um, than who starts the year on the hottest note. So that that kind of C nine or the reverse C nine journey that that TSM went on over the over the year or TL went on over the year, um, I think th- I think that there should be still be plenty of room for that in the uh, rumored, unconfirmed, not announced uh, potential format changes that I heard about on TGI uh, the TGI YouTube.
3: Right to um, uh, to follow up a little bit on the uh, you know the rookies and trying to trying to deal with trying to develop while also going to the LCS do you think having this number of rookies might be too much? Because when you look at the current amount of free agents on, like, who are still without teams, like you still have Hanser, you still have Smithy, you still have uh, got a Cody son, uh, you know, putting so many young players on one team, do you think that might stunt growth a little bit now that you have, what, Sticks a being the only veteran on this squad? And yeah, I mean, do you, you think that's I'm worth- Sorry, go ahead. Do you think I, that's something I, that the I, academy team can play can play a role in?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, my short answer is well, I forget how you phrase it, but whatever it is, no, yes, I I don't think it's going to be a problem. Um, uh, I think we constructed the team with like a lot of thought and um, around who these people are individually, but also the composition of them as a group. And it is something that we think can you know can develop quickly. Communication skills, um, you know, drive appetite, uh, maturity, that kind of stuff really goes a long way. And I actually put it like a ton of faith in our coaching system and the coaches themselves to get the most out of, out of this squad and help them get through, you know, their challenges, um, whatever they may be to, to do that. So I think the short answer is no. Um, I'm I'm not, we're not worried about that. I mean, we're worried about that, but like, I'm not overly worried about that. Uh, Do you, I was about to say you're putting a lot of faith in an arrow. Do you? Okay. uh, Yeah. But, but he's, you know, he's justifies that faith every day. Uh,
1: Do you, what, what is the, so the sort of thought on you guys are sending these rookies in, and in some sense, it's a great year to send rookies in because you're going to have all these other rookie rosters. And in, in another sense, they're going to have to play against Perks or Alfari in certain situations. So, like in that. And in another sense, it's like a scary year to send them in because they're going to get, uh, you know, not, I don't want to say dumped on, but, uh, you know, it's, it's yeah, tough. So, I think
2: I think you know a couple points I would say to that. So I think um, FBI was really intimidated by Doublelift when he first came over, um, and I think it took that Keith hook and the double kill in that lane in the first game against Team Liquid in Spring um, to break that <laughs> in a way. And if you don't, and that I think like that was just a turning point in a lot of ways for the mentality. You have to take those kinds of players head on and have those moments where you rise above um, to feel like, okay, I deserve to be here. And, uh, and you're not going to get that until you get that. So, um, so you know, are they going to get dumpstered? Sure, some. Are they going to dumpster some other people? Probably. And those moments when they do, um, those are the transformational moments. And I think, uh, I, I guess I'd be putting words in his mouth. So, you know, maybe he wouldn't say this, but I think that that, you know, bot lane play, um, set the stage in a, in a lot of ways for what we saw at the end of the year, uh, because uh, we knew that our bottom lane and FBI in particular could handle double lift and he did. Yeah.
0: What's What's that quote? Something Something stood on the shoulders of giants. Like, why? Why? What is the God? There's a quote about like, how did we do this by standing on the shoulders of of people who came before? The only reason FBI ever turned out to be good was because Keith Keith <laughs> set him up for it. That's right. Yeah, like
3: I a true support. Him. Tom, you know, unlocking people's potential one player at a time
1: tom is there any shout outs or anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller
3: uh yeah sure i just wanted to recall back to i think it was like a 30 or some episodes ago when and when i think i was on the show with enero and uh, i think this was when clg was kind of at a bottom point and then i remember having a take that was like <laughs> dumping on sticks a and then enero straight up asked me he's like hey do you think sticks and smoothie are the more spotlight in the league. And I said, yes. <laughs> and then he immediately jumped to Stixay's defense. So maybe it's, uh, maybe it's fate, maybe not that uh, Stixay is now uh, on his team. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, also, uh, can you please consider Yasui for your academy team? Like, I'm, <laughs> God, like I will.
1: I Tom Shue is a big Yasui simp. Should, so he would really, he would appreciate really consider it. consideration. It's very important. Like help a brother out, please. Have a good one, Tom. Take it easy.
0: I'm sad that no one corrected my quote in Twitch chat. It's from Isaac Newton. If I've seen further, it is because I've stood or I've done so by standing on the shoulder of giants.
1: There's a great, uh, there's a great quote about that in social network as well. Anyway, you want to go grab the next caller?
0: Uh, I guess.
1: Thank you. Keep talking about quotes. Thank you. Senelok for the five months. Uh, Max Drixton, who said, I shouldn't try to aim for 2,000 subs because it's unsustainable, and I put a sad face. And then they immediately max gifted five subs. So thank you, Fish and Molson, Thank you for the gifted sub and Chris Mugagaku How was well your uh, your World of Warcraft team going to do this year, Hunter? Is it a team? What Which do you one? Oh, you have because you have arenas and a guild. You have an
2: arena team and a guild team, right? And an MDI team. Yeah, like five man PVE team. Um, but I think they're all going to do great. Okay. Very good. Are you are
1: you which one will do better, your World of Warcraft teams or your League of Legends team?
2: Uh I don't know. The scenes are very different. Um but they'll all be top 10, I know that. Okay, good. <laughs> good to
1: hear. Uh TKL, TKL where are you calling from?
4: Uh I'm calling from Baton Rouge, Louisiana.
1: Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh what do you want to talk about on the show? TKL, my friend, what do you want to talk about on the show?
5: Just call,
4: call me Khalid, for the record. It's cool. Okay. Uh, sorry, uh, I alt tab for a second. I'm playing uh, TFT. Oh, anyway, <laughs> um, so I think GGS and FlyQuest are great examples for what teams should be doing to improve the league by picking up. Uh, I don't want to say no name players, but I guess uh, younger players and I guess rookie players. Because it's something I think the league has desperately needed for years instead of recycling a lot of the names we know, like the 15 that we've been talking – or y'all have been talking about all day. I think it's just a great direction to take the league, I think. And it, it can eventually get us to the point where we'll have, like, hopefully an all-rookie team like you'll see in LCK, LPL, or the EU.
1: Do you – do you uh, how recently have you changed the battery on your uh, fire alarm? <laughs>
4: Okay, let's. T- we're not talking about my fire alarm. We're talking about my take.
1: Okay. Uh, <laughs> just worried about you. Uh, it's it's important to have that. Make you
0: sure know. you get carbon monoxide. That's the real scary one for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Both of those. I mean, we're in California, so maybe I don't know what it's like in Louisiana. But so your just take is like Hunter's a genius. Everything's great. Golden Guardians is going to do it all. Well, yes, exactly.
0: I, I mean, to to his point as well about. Um, you know, he feels like teams should have been doing what kind of FlyQuest and Golden Guardians been doing for a long time. I guess I would ask Hunter, do you think teams should have been doing this? You know, back years before, and by doing this, I mean like giving more talent a shot, or do you think something has changed in the ecosystem? Like, had had the scene been too stagnant before, in your eyes?
2: I I guess what I'll say is I I think um, in traditional sports this is pretty well understood at this point, but I think it, it took a little maybe maybe. It's taking a little while longer. That I think the worst thing you can do trad- in traditional sports typically is be expensive and mm-hmm. mediocre, um, and uh, and you should either be really expensive and good, um, you know, like the like Team Liquid um, and may you know C Nine this this year potentially, um, or you should be placing more you know bigger bets and resetting harder. And that I think being stuck in the middle is possibly you know. Uh, just not not typically where you want to be if, you're, if your goal is, uh, you know, I plan on winning a championship. Now, traditional sports have a lot of structure in place that, you know, kind of limits the movement of talent and a bunch of other things. But nonetheless, like, I think... Um, you know, basketball, you see this even more, but it's true in, in, um, in most traditional sports that, that people tend to choose one or the other. If you're going to spend a lot of money, you want to be getting a lot for that. And if you can't get a lot or that money's not going to go as far as you want, you shouldn't spend it and you should reset instead. Um, I think that's basically what we showed last year. Um, and I don't think it's a coincidence that, that other teams are sort of following our lead a little bit this year when it seemed like those were their options. I think that that outlier potentially in the middle, um, if every, I guess maybe there are rumors anymore, like the, you know, potentially the EG and CLG rosters those are the ones where you'd be nervous if in a world where they came up fifth or sixth or you know seventh again um on that kind of return on investment and whether whether that was worth it for them i'm not in their boardroom i'm not making those decisions so i'm not saying that they're making the wrong decision Uh, but i do think that that's a lesson that i think it has taken a little while for the league um to catch hold of but i think is there now that uh if you're going to spend a lot of money you should be getting a lot of results for it and if you're if you're not going to get those results um you should find a different strategy
0: and i think Uh, you know, the point about you, oh my god, relegations, that's the word. Before, I think you could even justify some of that, like, expensive but not quite getting results, but hey, we're protecting our spot in the league. Um, But ever since relegations has gone away, I I think, you know, you're dead on about about that.
2: Yeah, and you know, um, again, every franchise is going to feel the... Uh, the weight uh, of, a, of a playoff berth differently. Um, it meant a lot to us last year to get that sixth spot in spring. And we shoved it down Mark's throat in particular, but, um, uh, but that was somewhat, uh, you know, based on predictions, but also like, you know, our franchise being relatively new, those, those really mattered. I think it'll feel good again this year with this roster in a way that it might not have simply making playoffs would not have felt that way. Uh, if we had run back where, where we ended on 2020 into 2021, we would have had, you know, bigger ambitions. Um, and so, you know. Uh, for franchises that have been struggling the way we were, you know, maybe it's worth it to spend a little bit more to get that playoffs playoff spot. You know, to get some momentum for what you got going on. Everybody has to make their own decisions, but I do think we're going to see uh, the kind of bifurcation or stratification of the league kind of increase between the the spenders and the maybe yeah. not spenders um, each year, even if people are moving between those categories um, year year over year.
1: It does seem like there's a race to the top and a race to the bottom for between all the teams in a way that there hasn't really been.
2: <laughs> yeah, I past. mean, the gap, like I really do think these kind of four to five million dollar rosters, um, I mean, that is, that is a lot more than we've seen even a year ago. Um, and the difference between that and I think the now like several teams that might be, you know below a million or thereabouts plus minus like that is a you know a four to five x spending difference between the top three and the bottom three potentially that that is really new you know that that kind of difference is really really new and um i don't think it's a race to the bottom in the sense that there people are intentionally tanking for the first ticket <laughs> next to the scouting no, ground i, I meant the uh, so way you said from,
0: that <laughs>
2: yeah yeah but from a, from a spending standpoint or from a kind of you know sort of calibration of investment it's definitely definitely that do uh I think
1: previously TSM has claimed that they are the only profitable team. I think C9 might have tried to claim it as well. I Again, I've heard the second hand, but like the C9 had said publicly somewhere about trying a uh, profitable baby based off of some sales that they were able to do previously. Is there a world where Golden Guardians enters uh, profitable this year um, based off of the fact that perhaps you guys – you know, league revenues increase and your costs go down, you make some money on the trade to Hunter t Yeah,
2: yeah. I think some of it, um, there's, you know, sort of budgeting shenanigans depending on how you count all that. I think the short answer is maybe. Um, a lot of it is, you know, kind of where you allocate the revenue, where are other costs, how you allocate those against the other games that we're in, you know, in the facility and office space and those kinds of things. Um, you know, we made some money um, selling our players. That's nice, I suppose. Um, it was useful, uh, I guess. In if we're going this direction, uh, but not the goal, and not not really the the focus of the the off season in particular. Just just a byproduct of the of the larger forces that that kind of were at play.
1: Is it a narrow salary? Just a huge weight on the. Uh... The, around the neck of golden guardians just like the it's just it's how do you it wasn't this? last
2: year but if you guys keep hyping him up on reddit and twitter it's he's just he just sends me the time with dollar signs after it and, <laughs> you, and,
0: you guys uh, made the mistake playing. of of putting them in your content like with the the cut out like coach's thoughts it became a yeah.
2: meme. yes yeah exactly honestly zenny's getting a lot of play for that every time except when riot cuts them out with the broadcast um, <laughs> aside from that uh i think that that meme is you know more than paid for itself
1: yeah uh, anyway, uh, te, teak sorry. I know you told me to call you something. I forgot. Just
4: call me Khaled. You can just say Khaled. Khaled is fine.
1: Khaled. Okay. Sorry. Your audio is not fantastic. Uh, I don't no, mean that uh, offensive I'll just as an explanation. Me. Uh, what is it? Is there anything you want to shout out before we move on to our next caller?
4: Uh, yeah, I kind of want to shout out Crowen and Bubasaurus. They've been doing a lot of the, uh, TFT tournament casting. They're great. If anyone likes TFT, I highly suggest you go watch them it's really fun uh, and i guess alienware too i hope i get a new computer for black friday uh, but that's it thank you for answering my question i appreciate it
1: and by the way if you need to figure out how to change that battery on the fire detector or fire alarm mark has a great mark quote detector. about standing on somebody else's shoulders so that you can reach up and, and change the battery so feel free to ask him up for that
0: just just invent calculus yep. and someone will help you change that
1: thank you thank you so much Colin. have a good one yeah no problem
2: right, I just okay. think he appreciated that no I don't think he did that <laughs> very salty advice <laughs> denial.
1: Rico Suave thank you for the 30 months uh ES and Josh thank you for the 28 months Kyle gifted 3 subs to bring his total gifted lifetime subs to 840 on the channel uh Segi H thank you for the 2 months really appreciate it uh and we're moving on. Seggy asked a question. Normally we don't take these five subs, but how do you think this compares to the salary cap? The LPL is going to implement. I don't know what, what that means, but Seg, what do you think of that Hunter?
2: Well, I'll just take that in a totally different direction. Um, I think uh, salary caps require in this country, you know, legal hurdles that we're nowhere near being able to clear. So, um, you know, I think, I think uh, if owners are concerned about their spending, To be honest, they mostly only have themselves to blame, Um, you know, the the financial discipline or structural discipline. um, Every team has to make their own budgets and decide how much they're willing to spend and then and then either do or do not do on that on that front. Um, All of that stuff is put into place to help owners, you know, kind of protect them from themselves. Um, And uh, and we don't have any of those mechanisms, mostly, I would guess, for legal reasons, Um, you know, but uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't see any of that coming here anytime soon.
1: Shammy is here Shami, you've been on the show before right uh yeah where are you you want to remind me where you're calling from
0: yeah I'm calling from Providence Rhode Island uh it's a state
1: Providence is a city right? <laughs> Providence is not a state
0: it may as well be there's not much else in Rhode Island yeah essentially yeah
1: my first esports event uh, that I ever worked at was in Providence Rhode Island what do you want to talk about on the show
0: uh, yeah, so I wanted to talk about how, uh, given the spend on perks by C9, that if they don't make it out of groups, which is already a pretty high bar given the past two years of NA performance, uh, that this roster should be considered a failure and a bad investment for the team.
1: This is less of a Hunter take and more of a, just a general take, yeah?
0: Well, I I, I, I was going to put a little Hunter spin on it and say, like, let's say that hap- if you were in c 9 shoes and that happened, you know is there a world where you would feel bad about ever getting perks? Uh, or, you know, like, is there a number value where you're like, oh, I regret pulling this trigger, you know, two or three years down the line or something?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know the details of his contract, so it's hard to know what kind of flexibility Jack has in, in just, in, let's just say, disaster scenarios where two or three years from now, you know, he's kind of sweating under the weight of the contract, let's just say. But but presuming that that doesn't happen, I think the short answer is no. Look, like... Perks is going to be um, the biggest star in the league on most objective. Well, depending on whether Peter comes back or not, the you know the biggest star in the league by lots of objective measures. The biggest, you know, one of the biggest and most important ones being that Perks does a lot of the stuff that most LCS players don't do anymore he streams, he engages with fans, he does interviews with people like Travis and other people, he is willing to like say stuff and be engaging and be a personality and all the stuff and Travis put out that video where perks, you know, said like he would never come to NA or that's that's a bad paraphrase of that but like he certainly wouldn't go there right now and other things. He's probably going to own that in some funny way that will be useful. And for C9 that you know, really has this kind of like meme content machine well-oiled at this point, uh, they're going to be able to do a lot with that regardless of, I think, whether they make it out of groups or not. So I think when you say bad investment, like I think from a, probably from a dollar standpoint, it's not a bad investment. Like in, in my opinion, uh, the difference, you know, from just from a dollar standpoint between um, Jensen and Perks should be really significant. Jensen, doesn't do a lot of those other things that drive a lot of value to the organization. So let's just say you're winning the same amount with each of those mid-laners. The one who is actually doing all that other stuff, driving people to content, you know, streaming all those other things, it's a much better investment. And you know, I would hope that the dollar amounts that they are commanding on the market would reflect that. I don't, I don't know if that's the case. But uh, let's, do, let's do you mind if I ask
0: you a quick question right there on sure. that? Sure. Because uh, if you're talking about like... I think the value amount for uh, Jensen was around 1.3 million was the figure discussed. And then you're talking about around approximately double that for perks. Do you think that perks is bringing an extra million dollars of value to C9 just by streaming extra and all these things, if they're not actually performing better and therefore you know able to monetize on that through selling merch or whatever?
2: Mm, yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, here's what I would say. I don't think there's any owner in the league that knows their finances and uh, the cost benefit, uh, you know, kind of ratio and analysis for their, for their stuff than Jack. Um, You know, I think, uh, I think that's why he loves this lost, the off season, you know, you know, sort of meme so much. I think that probably on some level, this is his favorite time of year. Um, And it's because I think he has uh, just this like really, Honed in sense of where the value is for him and his organization in the players he's got and also the players he doesn't have. Um, and so um, my guess is he's he's like he's done the math um, and has a sense. Now that being said, competitively and from a broader brand standpoint and kind of fan expectations and other things, it's definitely not going to feel good if they don't make it out of groups. I would guess, and not, certainly in a world where they like bottom out and don't make worlds at all, like I think that's going to feel really bad. But um, you know, like you're you have to kind of calculate your upside just as much as your your downside risk and make sure that that's reflected in, you know, the structure of all of your deals.
1: Not to mention I think if I am Jack, I have spent the past I don't know 7 years or whatever looking at TSM with Bjergsen as their like star player and the fact that they were able to leverage that to recruit new talent to play with the team sometimes at lower costs and to build out a brand and command the audience and just I think, you know, it. if I'm Jack, I'm like, damn, the, Bjergsen is what puts TSM ahead of me. So in a world where, TSM is, or where Bjergsen is no longer playing, securing another really popular European mid laner who has a ton of fans and notoriety and can probably take, you know, maybe he makes the calculation of, I can take the throne from TSM this year if I just pay this extra money for perks. So I think that's kind of interesting, for sure. Um, Shammy. Any final thoughts before we move on to the next caller?
0: Um, not particularly. I'm I'm glad to hear that uh, assessment of the financials on it from the back end about perks. Uh, I guess a couple of shout outs on the way out. Um, shout out to Mark who told me my girlfriend did not have as many teraflops as an a- Alienware PC last time. Uh, and shout out to Alienware on that note. Uh, you should go to alienware.com/travis and use code TravisNoff. Q4 now,
1: not Q3 anymore. Q4. Have have a good have one. nice night, everyone. Have <laughs> a good one. See you. Uh, somebody messaged me and said that uh, the new meta for LCS are LCS owners are it's the LCS whales versus free to play, and that's what you're seeing uh, is is how they're going to match up this coming year. Mark, you're muted. God
0: damn it! Was I muted the whole time when I laughed about what yes. what he said about oh? Please well, go. we'll move on.
1: Uh, do we have t- Hunter? I know you have to leave soon. Um, mm-hmm. uh, do you, Mark? We're what do we have? Do we have another Hunter call, or are they just all? I think he well, left. Right. He well, to... we're gonna have to get through this one pretty quick. I know yeah, yeah, that really that's, that's fine. That's um,
2: fine. Yeah, no.
1: Does Travis pay people? Says Bearman499. I pay Mark. I don't pay Hunter. Uh, that's true. And Mark takes forever to send me invoices, so that's a huge, huge problem. Uh, man, I'm badass. Thank you for the sub. Really appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, for subbing. We are uh, five subs away from hitting 2,000 again. And I think we might be bleeding some subs tonight. So I don't know. We'll see if it like goes up and down. Sorry, sorry, buddy. Yeah. It happens. Well, it's, month, it's really depressing because completely... sometimes we will stream at the same time in which I did another stream. And all those subs from 30 days ago will start to expire. So I just see them going away. And uh, it just makes me feel terrible. Mark is giving a lecture in the other call. I don't know why taking so long but i don't, I don't know. know i'm eager oh blue jay is here blue jay oh, uh, <laughs> that's my thoughts exactly hunter blue jay where are you that, calling from
0: that blue jay is known by a, a lcs gm or owner you know whatever i
2: i'm a name. frequent uh, i'm a friend of the pod i listen to listen to the podcast every week yeah let's go some, some, let's some go. random guy
1: yeah hunter hunter has limited time he has to leave soon but blue jay you're calling from canada what do you want to talk about
6: uh, yeah, so my take is that Doublelift should have every right to want to take a break or retire if TSM can't find uh, a decent support.
1: Very good.
2: I don't know who would be arguing that he doesn't have the right to do that. I'm pretty sure he's a... a lot more people you know, than
0: you would expect, honestly.
6: Let's I just mean,
2: say that.
0: <laughs> a, a less uh, legal definition of, like, constitutional right to do that and more of, like, a public perception of... Right. Yeah, yeah. Wrong. So yeah. Here,
2: here's what I'll say yeah. because I think I think it touches on our off-season story as well, which is that um, managing the expectations of your players as you're entering the offseason is a really delicate process, and uh, one of the challenges that we ran into as our off-season progressed, progressed is that we had told our guys we were you know chasing a championship next year and we're going to be you know, supplementing um, some of them with the necessary talent to, to go do that um, since they had kind of made that clear in, you know, as, as they reflected on the season over time that, that they, you know, expected some changes and wanted us to go do that. And, um, you know, players like Licorice were were what they expected and we agreed. Um, and so uh, if I'm double lift. I have no idea what I was told when the offseason started um, around what who I should be expecting to play with next year. I would guess when he signed when he was traded to team uh, to TSM um, at the beginning of summer and then signed that one year extension. I think um, to run through next year that he was not expecting a bunch of you know that he was not expecting to be the sticks a amongst the uh, reset TSM Ericsson you know, would kind retire of. and yeah all this yeah yeah yeah, happened, yeah 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 and so you know maybe. Um, I, I don't know when they started talking to him about uh, you know the different reality that they would be running into and, and trying to manage his expectations. So I think the short of it is, I agree. I think um, you know I, you hope that there's trust and transparency and communication and whatever, and that you know you're going to get continued buy-in from the players that you're keeping, regardless of the direction the offseason goes, because they understand the sort of vicissitudes and changes as they go on, and you know that we're all on this roller coaster where where things change. Um, but I think any player who expects every year that not only are we you know, going to be chasing a, a regional title, but uh, pushing to worlds and out of groups and beyond, um, I think Doublelift expects that every year, and he should. And if he looks at his roster and he doesn't think it's going to do that, I wouldn't blame him. Uh, I guess I kind of – am I going to get in trouble for this? I wouldn't blame him for uh, – I might get in trouble for this. Sorry, Chris Greeley in advance. But I, I think a, a player in his position, um, if he felt like his expectations weren't being met, especially if they were communicated and kind of mutually agreed upon between him and his management, um, I think I think could justifiably feel like that, that was not what he signed up for.
1: okay. Reggie leaked Power of Evil last week. So or... –
2: you path know. of Exile <laughs> yeah.
0: Big Path of Exile our, yeah, yeah. our objective on this show is to just get people fined. Yeah, yeah, the more exactly. people get fined, the better. We
2: were yeah. the only team to not get fined at all in 2020. All other all, all other nine teams got fined at some what? point or something. We were the only one who didn't get fined. Yeah, uh, or the... I have broken that here at the end of Lee. the year. <laughs> this goes on your 2021 bill, right? Yeah. No, probably not. Lee. Oh, boy. Sorry, Wait, so I think that should be fine. I don't think that's wrong. But um, but yeah, we were the only team that didn't get fined. So hopefully I've kept our kept our slate clean.
0: Is that public? Like what everyone gets fine? They for, used to have get-
2: the fine
1: tracker. Yes, and I
2: think some of it is they quietly
1: removed the fine tracker. Uh-huh. And I have asked them to and they're like, we're coming up with a new system. And then they never come up with a new system, and they don't tell me what the fines are, and it drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I know that
2: um, we can request to see the secret log of fines, but we have to request it. It's not like something that teams it'd
1: be, can access.
0: It'd be really funny if somehow that secret log ended up in Travis's hand, so he could do a wall of shame video
2: about
0: leaking all the fines. If you're out there, people, people
2: who leak to Travis and who also have access to that... Uh, It'd be a great video. It I'd would, love to it watch. It would show it. that we are the only team not listed there. I think <laughs> hook sure. it up, hook it up. Get on it, Danon Uh, supposedly, Al- allegedly
1: blue Jay. I know we've gone off yep. topic, but I mean, it sounds like Hunter agrees with you. I mean, Mark, Mark, I assume you're going to agree as well. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, I'm always kind of in like the, you know, they hold the contract kind of thing, but I think uh double, if is probably a little bit more in a unique position, um, than like I don't know, random other average level 80 carry. Um you know. So I, I, I agree.
6: I could probably expand on it a little bit more. I don't want to step on the toes of someone else with another topic, but I, I can expand on that a little bit more. Um because for me personally, my original thought when I heard that was kind of like man, like you should be like happy to play on any LCS team. It's a privilege and so on and so forth. But as I thought about it more it kind of started me ma- I started thinking about like Doublelift's legacy honestly and like even just this year I would say I already put a significant dent in Doublelift's legacy I think before this year Doublelift was talked about on the same level as Bjergsen as being like the best LCS player of all time and then he kind of had like a weak season and then like then it was for sure like it's obviously Bjergsen and I think that if you have a lackluster support and you have a really bad season i think that that kind of hurts your legacy and i also think that someone who dealt with motivation issues last year it's really bad to bring in a support that is not a high tier support as well
1: yeah i mean i can't i I can't disagree with literally anything you just said it's all true so
0: that's that's the problem with blue jays takes are too good
1: blue jay anything you want to shout out before we say goodbye to you and also to hunter
6: Just a couple quick things. Uh, Hunter, I did watch that video of you last week, and I've seen a lot of like execs come out and do like speeches and stuff like that and videos. And I actually thought that yours was really authentic, and I think that it portrayed that you know exactly how the fans of Golden Guardians feel. So I just wanted to give you props for that. And then I also wanted to shout out uh, Draft Buff because I didn't give them a proper shout out last time. Uh, They actually gave me a freaking jersey, I won like a jersey, and I had no idea so they're giving me a free jersey so huge shout out to draft buff and uh that's it
1: yeah. congrats on all your right. win thanks blue jay for the call and we'll catch you next all time. right see you guys thank you yeah. all right hunter i know you have to go i do have one question for you uh we both know sherman who i think is in the twitch chat i don't know if he's paying attention oh really uh but he he works over he was... at at riot and i was just curious do you blame him for the lack of salary caps in the lcs
2: no uh no, well, like I said, the I uh mean, the le- the legal hurdles to get over that are... yeah, but
1: the, the legal, legal hurdle free. is the Sherman Antitrust Act. Mm, too clever. Anyway, uh, that's how you want to end this? Oh, my God, <laughs> on a bad pun. <laughs> <laughs> my God, Hunter, uh, anything you want to say to the fans out there or anything like that? But as as we transition over the second half of the show,
2: uh no, um you know. Uh, I think, I think it it really, 2020 was a a great year for the organization and this off season was really unusual or, um, unexpected, not the, not the direction we went. I'm just going to echo what I said, but I think, um, I, I, really, you know, I am optimistic and I think fans of what we did in the last year, I hope will stay with us and be fans of what we're going to do the next year. I think we're going to go on a very similar journey with some different faces on it. And, um, if that, if that journey was one you enjoyed in 2020, you know come on back we're gonna we're gonna run it back in a, in a in a different way than we expected
1: so very good well thank you so much hunter for the call you can go ahead and uh i guess drop from skype and the uh awesome the show. thanks guys yeah. really appreciate the time it was, it was a blast yeah, yeah thanks for good. coming on thank you see ya okay let me figure out how to change this and we'll also take this moment to take a quick break uh while I i'm doing hunter uh um, yeah boobie me. <laughs> i mean he could just he could just hang up
0: well, because he turned his Skype off first. Usually people drop yeah, yeah. Discord, you know, so... I know. It's just funny. I was anyway. going to boot him because I thought he might have forgotten Discord. Yeah.
1: We, um, we're we going to take a quick break right now to talk about Alienware. All right. I've been teasing this for a while, but officially the Alienware Black Friday deals, Cyber Monday stuff is active. I can't speak for stuff outside of the U.S., so I think at least Canada probably has some pretty good deals, but... Go to alienware.com/slash travis. That's right. I don't, I don't. In the past, maybe you haven't gone to this page. Maybe you already have. I don't care if you're watching live, if you're listening to the podcast, if you are driving, pull over to the side of the road and safely pull out your phone so that you can go to alienware.com/slash travis. The the click, the link at the top says great deals during Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Click that, and go look at these things because they are pretty big. And I'm going to be honest, my code travis10offq4 does not work with all of them. I think in part because some of these. Are such crazy good deals that they can't I don't think they I mean, I don't want to speak on them I would speculate personally that they can't afford to add another 10% off because they're just so crazy Um, And you'll see by the way that some of them are already getting claimed for instance the M uh, area 51 MR2 That deal is like fully claimed right now as we're doing the show. They've got door busters limited quantities go check it out um, and be sure to do so through alienware.com slash Travis, click that banner at the top so that they know that you're coming through to me. But there's already been a ton of people that have been messaging me. So I know other people are grabbing some of these deals and I'm guessing that they will be, uh, refreshing some of them. Uh, door busters launch every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern is what I'm seeing on this page. So, uh, go, go be sure to check that out. It's a, a big help to me. And like, this is honestly some of the best time of the year to go pick up stuff like this. So, so go, do wanna... that. go ahead. What, Mark?
0: I was gonna try something. I don't know if this will work. Siri, order me an Alienware laptop.
1: Your microphone is not. I don't. It's not picking it up. I don't know. What, we didn't plan this uh, beforehand, Mark. I so. didn't
0: know you had one. Actually, this was for everyone listening. I didn't know if I could get anyone. Uh, oh,
1: you wanted them. Oh, you're trying. I was, to trying get them. I was
0: trying to get all the listeners. If someone's listening, to but some you podcast said Siri,
1: leaving. and it's actually the Amazon one, which you shouldn't say. Um, Siri is not the, the Amazon one.
0: Right. I did that on purpose.
1: Okay. Great. You've ruined. Anyway, sorry. Uh, so let's just ignore everything that just happened. So there's some great stuff over there. I think when you land on that page, you're going to see a bunch of uh, PCs and stuff, but they've got monitor deals. They've got all sorts of stuff. You can click over at the top and you'll see, for instance, uh, right now, the 34-inch gaming monitor, the curved ultra wide that I use, normally $1,500 on the... The Alienware website right now, $829. So, again, these are great deals. If you've complained in the past to me about a price, I don't want to hear it because you can go see it right now. These things are great. Anyway, thank you so much to Alienware for their support of the show. Uh, really appreciate it. And, yeah, pretty slick. Mark, you want to go grab our next caller?
7: Um,
0: Yeah, give me a second.
1: Okay. Gulbo, thank you for the prime and Stobbles, thank you for the prime. We are I think still 3 subs away because we're losing subs as we're gaining them, but we're at 1997 subs. So, thank you to everybody who's hooking it up. Um Steffian, thank you for the prime. I appreciate it. It's very nice. Um well, now I don't have Mar- I don't have Hunter here. And I don't have things to to read out. Tell us about Twitch Prime, just sent a Prime. Wow, I have never had you sub before, but I appreciate it. That's awesome. Uh, Great name. Renegade, 1478, thank you for the Prime. And then Rackaway just gifted five subs in the channel for the first time, and Bearman gifted one to 504 Caesar. Thank you to both both of you. Thank you to everybody. Oh, and we started the scam train. Just in time for the real Biggie Cheese to be here. Uh, Cheese, where are you calling from?
8: Howdy, I'm calling from uh, Frankfurt, Connecticut.
1: Frankfurt, Connecticut. Uh, never been there myself. Heard good things. What do you want to talk about on the show?
8: I want to talk about um, how wow, Reckles going to G2 is not a good decision for both G2 and Reckles himself.
1: Okay, we have an LEC call. Uh, I'm, I I really I, appreciate and and I mean this uh, complimentary. You have a, a great accent, and I appreciate that you were talking about European players while using your accent. Do you want to... Um, well, exp- I, I was going to
0: throw art? in also, this one collected a couple poop emojis, which is why I actually picked it up. is because a, a lot of people were interacting with it.
1: The people, like, disagreeing it with it and the... Yeah, in
0: and, and Discord. It was, a, it was a hot take, so I liked it.
1: Okay, okay. So you think uh, Reckless going to G2 is a bad thing?
0: Yes, sir. Uh, I'm I'll thinking...
8: Come. So I'm thinking... One of the main issues is that Reckles compared to Perks, Perks was really good at shot call. That's like my primary reason is that he brought a lot of the reason why G2 was successful was in part by Perks with his voice and things like that. I think that Reckles can't really replicate the same level of shot calling. And I'm also thinking that he's having trouble with like I don't know how to say this. Reckles is kind of like he can really function really well in a meta kind of focus on ADCs. But right now, I don't know if y'all been playing League recently. I've been seeing the Sunfire Aegis, <laughs> yeah. Sunfire Aegis, Malphite, Microwave, and the Baron, which ain't you know. <laughs> I'll leave that to Riot to balance. But for now, like I don't think a solo carry quiet ADC is going to be more valuable than perks. And arguably, Perks was better than anyhow. Another reason why I thought that that wouldn't fit so well is that Rekkles himself, for his legacy, he wants to win. And joining a team that like has been kind of clapping him for the past few years on Fnatic, it's not the greatest move for him. First of all, like one trend I noticed when you players move to rival teams, they don't perform so well in the beginning. It you know, was a lot of. LEC, I mean, LEC players are also humans. Like, they aren't immune from drama and things like that. And also things like, um, things like, um, why, like, Reckles, a lot of his things are, like, about why he would consider, like, I don't know where I'm going with it.
1: I I don't know where you're going with it either, but (laughs) let's let's cut I, in I, on I, some I, of i am tra- I'm,
8: I'm trying uh to think about the words here
1: yeah no, it's okay Rick
8: Re- Re- ain't a highfalutin, if that makes sense y'all know what that means what is that what Re- a highfalutin.
1: Yeah, a highfalutin
8: so Reckles don't really have a big ego but I think a lot about what it'll, like what pro players would want and a lot of it comes down to like r- legacy and him going on like G two and winning isn't, like, he would be discredited from his Worlds win if he won with G2. A lot of people don't remember, like, Piglet was part of the roster when SKT won Worlds. But although he was quite the talented player back then, he still was kind of separated from his achievement. I think he'll be like Kevin Durant, where he's still one of the greatest, like, a really good player, but he won't be considered the best. And often the team he's on will kind of alienate him from
0: his achievements. All right. Okay. So a couple I, I, things say, I, say, I, I had, to, I had to Google highfalutin to know what the hell. That oh, was, you didn't,
1: you've never heard highfalutin. I've never you know, heard that. High, so I learned you know, something from the Southern this call. California. Maybe uh, picks up some of the Southern phrases. Uh, so the, not, not to be clear, it's not a Southern California phrase. Uh, the, I think caps did pretty well after switching teams. Jeez. Right. So I'm a little less concerned about players joining rival teams and looking weaker once they get there.
0: Uh, I think also. I mean, uh, all right, go ahead. I mean, that's that's a,
8: on a player-player basis. I guess it's kind of foolish of me to try and think, try and like guess what happened. But I'm just thinking that's like could be one issue with him moving. Yeah, because yeah. it is a player-player thing, not just like it's a guaranteed fact. If you move to a rival team, you're going to perform worse. But that's just yeah. one thing that could happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, my even apologies. If,
1: no, it's not no, you're, you're,
0: I think uh, I'm going to ultimately disagree with the take that. Um, You know, I I think some of the points you make are ones that a lot of people might be feeling. Um, And, like, the whole Kevin Durant thing, I understand the angle about, like, you know, if you can't beat them, join them kind of thing, and then it feels like worse of achievement than overcoming your foes. Um, But even worse than joining the team and then winning would be never winning. (laughs) Like, I think most of those people who do make that decision after they've been struggling, you know, like, Fnatic hasn't beaten G2 in years when it mattered. Um, And it didn't look like Fnatic was reloading that well uh you know it, it didn't it didn't seem like it at least uh you know they, they, they were not trending up i guess you would say it didn't seem like it so i can see a world where he's like i'll oh, just go to the better team and win and dominate europe and try and actually get further in worlds um and if he wins worlds on g2 yes some you're right some haters will be like ha he couldn't do it on his own he had to he had to join you know this the, the his rivals to do it but i guarantee you he'll feel better about the fact that he has a world championship than he does uh you know if because because it's not like just black or white like win with g2 or win with fanatic it's like win with g2 or maybe get stuck in quarterfinals until he retires because who knows right yeah, like and you don't, keep you,
1: getting second place to g2
0: right like you don't know what the options actually would be in the future um and so he's taking his best path forward for career success and i think I won't really fault people. I agree with you. It's narratively cooler and like, I respect it, the people who tough it out and whatnot, but I'm not going to judge the guy necessarily who goes over to the dark side and then crushes it.
1: Yeah. Not to mention, I guess I, I, it's hard to make this assessment, but I would imagine with the money they got from cloud nine, G two was probably able to make a pretty considerable offer to reckless that it's like, At a certain point in time, it becomes hard for me to imagine why Reckless would turn that down. It's like, okay, if you go to G2, Fnatic gets weaker. G2 looks way stronger. I mean, you you consolidate the strength in the region. It's your best chance. You'll you'll probably start winning spring and summers again like you used to. You have a pretty good chance of getting to finals again or maybe winning. I mean, it's hard to say already, right? But, like, this is a pretty proven team. You're going to make... Better money than you would probably joining any of these other LEC teams. My my guess would be like it's just it's difficult for me to think that reckless in all with all this in front of him should say nah I'm good. Yeah,
0: I think the the other thing too um, is like the the piglet point. Like I think now after he's you know retired and, and Ben had some some bad years in NA, uh, you know you might compare him to Faker now and be like, yeah, it's not even close. But when Piglet came over initially, I mean, it was a huge deal. He was getting 20, 30K viewers consistently on Twitch um, because, you know, having a world championship in your belt gets you a lot of respect. Same with Impact. Same with like a lot of those guys who have won a world championship. Same with than, Crown. Than gone else. Yeah, I mean, like everyone who wins a world championship, you have this extra glow about you. And yeah, maybe that glow will fade eventually if, if you don't continue performing. But, you know, I don't think anyone's upset about it.
1: Haru's is available to Academy teams, as Papa Smithy and Cordia J have pointed out. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Uh, Gia, you know what's that, funny is I thought of I mean,
7: who, who he's
8: talking uh, first. Can I say something real quick? Yeah, go ahead. I was wondering, like, so y'all thought even like, you don't think that Perks leaving G2 would put even like a damp in their chances of winning or just like being a strong team? Like, I feel like that would. The removal, of, like his departure, is a significant reason why, like, G2 might not be the move.
1: Do but I actually, Mark? Because, sorry, geez, we it's true. We didn't remember your take about the, the shot calling right. thing and the leadership of Perks. Was that, I, maybe I'm an idiot. And very likely. <laughs> I, but, I, yeah. Was there ever a big conversation around Perks being shot caller, leader, captain of G2? Um,
0: yes and no it wasn't like shot caller like that that term is is generally not really thrown I mean, people might say you do shot calling yeah but shot you're not...
1: caller is kind of not a thing anymore i feel like
0: right like you might say oh that player is really vocal he does a lot of shot calling but no one really approaches the, the game anymore like this guy is going to make all our late game decisions you know he's he's a leader for the team uh he's obviously very smart very versatile in his skill set uh you can't say enough about his intangibles but i don't think Wonder and Caps and Yankos are, and, and Mickey are all going to lose their minds now that Perks isn't there. One v nine controlling them like supposedly High was doing back in the day or something like that, right? Like I don't think there was ever that level of mystique around Perks's uh, shot calling. Um, but that said, to the caller's point about will G two be stronger next year, I do think that is still up in the air. I think there is a world where you know, despite Reck- Reckless being a more seasoned AD carry with a better history and whatnot, um, or, or at least like a longer history in the position. Um, that intangible factor is one that's going to be hard to replace. Uh, So I do ultimately agree with the call that this could end up, G2 could end up worse, but I also don't really think that's, how do I put this? Like, Perk sounded like he was on the way out anyways from the rumors that Travis had been hearing for a long time. He was not happy really playing any carry. He wanted to go back to mid G two basically said, "Well, we like caps more," and so at that point you have to leave if you're perks, and at that point if if you're G two, you have to replace them. And Reckless is basically the best replacement you could ever hope for, uh, for for the West. Cheese, I everybody. say
8: that's a, I say that's a fair point. Like, I guess if he was already on the way out, Reckless is probably like the best replacement possible. But to each their own. I still think it would have been better if he stayed on Fnatic, but.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of fanatic fans that agree with you. Jeez. So I, I don't think you're alone in that. Is there anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller?
8: Uh, I just want to shout out. I'm kind of a new fan of your show. I just thought, saw like on YouTube, a couple of your VODs and I thought it was really cool. Oh, thank uh, you. Like your principal of the show and stuff. I, I I saw the VODs and I'm like, I really want to get in the show.
0: <laughs> how nice. long ago
8: was this? How, how many times, how many tries did it take for you to get on? Actually, this is my first time, so there I'm you go. really grateful. Nice. Thank y'all. Wait, did so you much.
1: Just, did you just find did like YouTube algorithm just recommend you?
8: Yeah, YouTube algorithm like y'all. YouTube algorithm recommended me to y'all, and it was just like did you butter and Was before? I assume. Right? Yeah, I, I assume I, I knew. I knew. Okay. Yeah. but I just I didn't know like he had this kind of show where like you know normal people like me get to talk you know make a voice our opinions. I think it's really cool of y'all. Yeah. And also the first episode I watched was I don't know if you remember that Mahmood filler. Yep. The yeah, story. that that I thought I don't really agree with a lot of his views on politics, but you know, <laughs> he does have good takes, I'll give him that. I did agree <laughs> with him there. But well, he's he quite go. he's quite the funny individual. I'll give yeah. him that too.
1: Great. Well I'm glad I'm uh, glad Hotland League is slowly expanding into geopolitical commentary. Cheese, uh, okay. thank you so much for the call. <laughs> it's great to have you on, and uh, I'm glad to hear you were able to to make it on here so quickly. It's fun.
8: Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Um, I'll see y'all.
1: Yeah, we'll catch you next time. Hopefully, again. Yeah. Have, have see a good one. Happy see Thanksgiving.
0: Uh, I mean, I don't know if we're we're commenting on geopolitical situations I was just as much as worse, as much as we're smoothing them over and bringing yeah, people yes. together. Yes, it's true. We're finding we're, common we're bringing
1: ground. People together. Um, speaking of that, uh, I guess Joe Marsh released a statement talking about the LS I stuff. Saw so. uh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm pulling it up, but, uh, I, what's you want, the, you want to
0: take a second? Cause I, I didn't see any calls about it yet, but first we, off,
1: I've... I already know. I dislike this because <laughs> it's on Twitter. Is this on T1's Twitter? It's, or... it's, it's on Twitter longer. Uh, Joe Marsh tweeted it. Okay, I don't okay, think I was it's wondering what the source. Uh, T okay. The T1 Twitter account retweeted it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm just to get there. <laughs> but it is, and and it looks like he tweeted it twice. And may, oh, he tweeted it once in Korean and once in, and both of them are on Twitlonger, which is just whatever. It- um, so it's. I'm going to be honest, I don't have enough time to read all of it right now live on the show. It would be kind of weird. No, it's kind of long, yeah. uh, He says, I'd like to apologize for the unacceptable messages that were left on our Discord for far too long. So that's about the fact that they were veering away from moderating against some stuff because they were, I guess, nervous about that, and there was a lot of controversy around the stuff that they did leave on the Discord. Uh, Glad to see that they're recognizing that. Um, also apologizing for ab- about different stuff. Uh, I haven't been following along all of this, so there's even some stuff in here that I don't truly understand, but um, apologies to effort for the discord message leak. And then a big apology to LS for all the stuff that happened. Uh, they says that they filed police reports to investigate stuff that happened with uh, his family. Uh, which is pretty spooky. Um, and he said, as I've reflected over this time, I realized I failed to publicly defend and protect LS and T1 fans by remaining silent. While my staff and I were working behind the scenes to resolve this matter, I should have spoken publicly sooner shortly. LS will personally share his plans. And once again, LS and T1 fans, I'm sorry. Okay, so word from LS is supposed to come out soon as well. Yeah. <sighs> that was a... I mean- a unfun period of the off season, uh, for sure. Pretty disappointing to sort of see how everything has shaken out in that.
0: Yeah, I mean, to even to go back to, like, what the caller was saying about, like, the Mamu call, I mean, what that ultimately was was about LS and T1 and all this stuff, you know? And, like, regardless of whether you are a fan of LS or not, like, that was going to be a really exciting period to see what was going to happen. And uh I'm, I'm definitely sad that... Well, I don't know what's going to happen yet. I guess ls might still be there but it sounded like it was it was going that he might not now because of of somehow t1 was wording things and whatnot so i don't know the whole situation just was super fucking lame uh and like it was so widespread too like then then whippo and dom and thorne were were getting in on it and stuff and like i don't know it was just like the weirdest weirdest uh thing yeah and i'm not i'm not saying any of these apologies or the conversations were good or bad or not i'm just saying that like
1: I mean, I the, think the you and I thing. sat on the sidelines of this, right? Like, in yeah. a way that, like, a lot of other people weighed in on it. And it it just seemed like a train wreck from all angles um, with a lot of, you know, uh, unfortunate people getting hurt in ways that they shouldn't have been. And yeah. some really fucked up stuff that happened. And so it's just like...
0: Yeah, I mean, like, when uh, when that announcement came out, you know, our call was centered around how he would do as the coach, you know? Yeah. And then, like, you get the conversation is not about that at all, which is generally not stuff we talk about. So like, yeah, we're definitely more on the sideline about those issues. Cause it was like, well, what do, you, what, do what am I going to add to this? Really?
1: Yeah. Bummer. All right. Anyway, um, I'll leave, you know, again, I don't think we've had enough time to sort of read this full twit longer. And again, I definitely feel like this should have been at least on medium or something, but I, mm-hmm. I, I'll leave it to everybody and perhaps you know maybe we'll talk about it next week if it feels like it's still a relevant topic but if not hopefully this kind of lays it to rest and people can start to find a path forward um, all of our, our best wishes to LS for all the stuff that he's had to deal with
0: yeah next all right. caller yeah
1: uh, off mark goes thank you to Spencer Neutron for the 32 months at tier 3 Holy moly, I really appreciate you for being a tier 3 sub. That's very nice of you. And I'm Elvis4. Thank you for the 31 months. Uh, Balls D 333 p Thank you for the uh, two months of uh, being a prime sub. Appreciate that. Uh, all right, Mark is still grabbing the next caller. Thank you to everyone who's been supporting my content, by the way. We've had some really great couple of months, and I've been putting out a lot of... Uh, Different types of content, I think, than... Well, I shouldn't say different. I've done content like that a lot in the past, but definitely more of this kind of talk-to-camera content than I normally do in this period of time, so I I appreciate it. Pirate Noodles is here. Pirate Noodles, where are you calling from?
5: Calling from Orange County, California.
1: Orange County, California. And uh, what do you want to talk about on the show?
5: Pretty much that I think the fate of the LCS will be decided on whether or not CLG does well this season. If they do well, the rookie hype will die out really fast. Um, If they don't, it will be the final cherry on top of ending all the washed out veteran teams and all the washed out veteran talent.
1: Okay, so why do you think this? Because we should say like the CLG roster is not a bunch of a bunch of rookies.
5: Yeah, I can read it out if you want. It's pretty much it's Finn in the top lane, which is a European import of a who was did not do that well last year. Broxa in the jungle, PoBelter in mid lane, Wild Turtle ADC and Smoothie support.
1: Okay. And so go ahead, do you want to expand on your take a little bit?
5: Yeah. So pretty much I think the way that LCS is approaching rookies right now is very risky with Immortals, Dignitas and Golden Guardians pretty much having four or five rookies on one team. I think the proper way to approach it and a safer ways to do it like how Team Liquid, TSM, did with speak and Tactical. But given that they're kind of like gambling all their marbles in one basket right now, if it, it doesn't go as well as they plan, this will be really bad for rookies in the future and will have a bad stigma around them uh, with teams and the community turning against uh, rookie players and going back to how it used to be, kind of.
1: So you almost... I, it's an interesting take, actually. It makes CLG... Yeah. Like the goalposts, like the floor, like you have to do better than CLG. Otherwise you are not going to look great as a rookie roster. Interesting. Yeah.
5: And I think they have some time because they have the entire season. And if your rumors are true, um, it's a pretty good like time to get things developed. And hopefully some of the talent will show. But if not, I think the community will have really hard backlash on the teams, on an aspect of scouting and blaming it on that. And that'll make the teams kind of fall back to their safety net of going to these washed up players or players who have kind of already had their chance and show not that good of ceilings.
1: I mean, it's crazy to me that we talk about players that made it to worlds as washed up players. Like and maybe this is not what you're talking about noodles. I apologize, but I released that video today talking about some of the big names that are not competing next year. Like there are players on there. I mean, we'll see, maybe he ends up on a team, but like solo Made it to Worlds, and like you know, was represented as being you know a player on a top three team. I get that FlyQuest did not do well at Worlds, but like this is not—we are not talking about players that have consistently failed to make playoffs, right? We're talking about players that have done really well. So it's just—it's crazy to me that our baseline now has gotten so high for like washed up or whatever, uh, or so well, low depending on how you put it that like I don't know people are are saying stuff like that.
0: I think. I think this is a really interesting call. I'm not sure I agree 100% with it, but I like the the general idea of it because I like it a lot. Because, because, like, thinking about Hunter's perspective, right? If you're one of these teams who's in this kind of money ball, low low budget team, you know what is what does solo bring to you, or or a player like that, right? Like you are largely developing talent with potentially, uh, as as um, you know. Hunter said, like, you have to find someone who's going to match with that idea that, like, hey, we're not really a Worlds contending team. That's not our goal. If we make it, great. We want to make Worlds. Everyone's going to do their best, but that's not necessarily the objective. And Solo, having been to Worlds, like you're saying, maybe he, like, we don't know how negotiations went. Maybe he talked to some of these teams, and he was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go on a team with, with four rookies, right? So, like, I think that that could be a reason that you see more um, talent kind of like decent talent, you know, not washed as you're saying, but but not quite superstar talent, and not really willing to compromise potentially on on uh, these lower level teams. So like I could see a world where that's that's actually the bigger driving force. Is like these just ends these ends don't meet, even though there's plenty of respect for for people of that caliber.
1: Yeah, I think the reason why I'm nervous for the rookies and the rookie teams next year is because of the way that the Ryoma and Poom stuff went. Right, like hundred thieves this year. Said, hey, we're gonna to try to develop talent. We're gonna bring in these names. The names got like Ryoma and Poom got flamed pretty hard. Uh one analyst even called them hashtag poo gang. You know, like that was Poom didn't out get of flamed line.
0: that hard, to be fair. By the community. Was, By the community, only, I think. It was only in that series. It wasn't really like he, he I don't think during the regular season he was getting flamed that hard, I guess is what I'm saying.
1: I I think I think they were they were both getting flamed pretty hard by the community and getting and I mean well, enough Ryan that like Nate, I, I just Nade don't think shot, you can lump them together. Let's put it this way: there's a clip of Nate shot that I saw. Did you see that one on the Reddit where he on the subreddit where he's like, "Oh, yeah, I didn't really agree with what he was saying." Yeah, I didn't agree with what he was saying either. But he was saying like, you know, the problem with League is that everyone expects results and for you to be the best team ever. And like we we came in against teams like TL and C9 or whatever, like. This year, 100T said, we're going to try to develop some talent. We're going to try to build out this what, this roster. We're going to try to find these new names. And then what did they do? They go pick up four players from Golden Guardians.
0: Well, and dude, they fucking had Medio someday, Cody Sun, and Stunt, and Ryoma. They weren't developing talent, really. They took a chance on, on one mid laner, and Stunt at that point, I think, played at the level that, he had played it for most of his career. So, like, I don't even agree with the idea that they tried to develop talent. Like, 100 Thieves Next is developing talent. I love what they're doing with developing talent. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the org is not trying to develop talent, but I'm saying that the original roster that they signed in spring was not a development roster. It had, like, fucking 20 years of experience, probably, on the starting lineup. Uh, You know, so, like, we're getting really off topic, but um, I don't think 100 Thieves ever tried to do what what Golden Guardians is trying to do this year or or Flyquest or a lot of these orcs are, are Yeah,
1: doing. I guess I'm just super curious to see how the community perceives it cuz I think right now I can agree with this caller a lot, Pirate Noodles. Because I think there's a a very good chance that all these people who are so hyped, you know, the moment Golden Guardians is 0 and 8 at the start of the 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 season or they I guess there's, the you know, what I've said is that there's supposed to be this, like, uh, kickoff tournament. The moment that they just bust her out super hard in the kickoff tournament, and, like, some of the other rookie teams do, too, people are going to be hard-flaming these players, and I don't know. I just I am... I think it's interesting, right, that, like... I do... I know what you mean about Hunter T, but I think it's interesting that it's not like they're like, okay, well, we don't you know, we're gonna put Ryoman Academy and we're gonna try again with some other stuff. Like their response to one year of like not having success was to just go in and like find proven talent and acquire them, you know. And yeah, stick them kind with the like world champion. Where daylight, or I was daylight. coming
5: from too, seeing like what happened with one hundred thieves. But to kinda of like counteract what I was saying earlier, actually, you can look at the other end of the spectrum at FlyQuest, which I'm honestly the most excited about this team. Dave Licorice, which is a steady and consistent top laner who has a lot of experience Jose Diodo who is an up-and-coming uh, jungler who's shown himself at the world stage even though it was just play-ins Palafox and Diamond two academy players that have been in it for a pretty while, long time now and have shown themselves and then Johnson one of the best AD carries from last year that was shown himself too so I think that approach to bringing up talent is the one that is shown to work counteracting what like golden guardians and immortals are doing which i think won't actually pay off
0: i think it's, it's hard to say uh because what payoff means is still up in the air a little bit um you know i don't uh, moving on from the hundred thieves points just like clg eg some of these rosters that have uh largely veteran talent but are not in the top three or whatever so your eyebrows go up their traps what was that
1: nothing i was i'll explain in a second
0: um, I was gonna say the the those teams, if if any of them, if they're just stomping the rookies, and that's what happens all year long, I think you might have some some uh, a, a pretty good point here about like CLG and these these level teams being kind of a bar that by the end of the split people want probably them getting contested, assuming that they are these sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh place teams. Um, I, I hope that fans give more of a leeway at the beginning and give this ramp up period. And we're looking more at summer to judge somewhat how this is going. And even into the 2021 off season. Um, and I think what Hunter was saying about like the broadcast and, and our responsibility to, to tell the stories of these teams accurately. I don't want to po- pose like, Hey, fly quest or golden guardians, go beat Broxa and Poe Belter. And you know, all these, all these teams, you know, or in like, go, go toe to toe with them week one. Like, I don't think, will be saying that and, and posing that as, as their objective. And I don't think the orgs will be doing that with their own messaging. So I think, I hope fans are able to step back from the usual reactions that they have when someone immediately fails and, and give a little bit more brief. I'm
1: sure this, the audience that watches LCS will be patient and kind and as always. friendly and supportive and celebrate the small victories on the path to bigger success. And forgive especially
5: Reddit and Twitter
1: the failures. uh Yeah, the reason my eyebrow went up earlier was because I was just I was laughing because we're we went in on one hundred T and I tried to get Papa Smithy originally for the second half of the show, <laughs> and then he's like he's like I won't I can't make it on because I am doing another show and he had some like stuff he was doing and so he's like today's not a good day but I'll be in chat and I am like yeah well chat about this Papa Smithy anyway sorry um... we even go in on one hundred I don't know if
0: I was going in No, no, no
1: I am just teasing. Yeah, Fudge in the chat did say Papa Smithy about to hop on and scream at Mark.
0: Yeah, he's gonna fight me. Uh, I'm Pirate noodles. For
1: a I think your take. I like your take a lot. Um, I, yeah, and I I think I'm not sure if I agree with it a hundred percent, but I might agree with it ninety percent. Right, which is like on one uh, if you if you are holding up FlyQuest or Golden Guardians, and you're comparing it to CLG, it's like okay, in one corner we've got tried and true veterans that have received criticism for not being top of the league, which is what a lot of LCS players have been for many years. And on the other hand, you've got fresh faces, some people that have gained a bit of a rookie reputation. How are these two going to face off? And I do think that it is fair to say that like, there could be a really interesting narrative there.
0: And also I don't even, I think, you know, he might be right about what, people will do but they they shouldn't do that you know like people will look at that clash and just see it as one-to-one this you know this team's better therefore you know the veterans deserve their spots always you know and I think it's it's probably gonna be more nuanced than that
1: yeah yeah it's true hey uh, pirate thank you so much for the call anything you want to shout out before we move on to the next caller
5: yeah just want to shout out Captain Flowers for winning the play-by-play caster award he's been one of my favorite casters and also um, hope LS is doing well with everything going on in his life, yeah, and that he comes back to streaming soon. So yeah,
1: very good. Well, thank you so much, uh, Pirate Needles. Have a good one. Thank you. On to the next caller. Thank you, Twenty Three Chicken Wings, for the prime. I've not eaten yet. I need to figure out a dinner situation after this. So I really hope anybody have any suggestions. I'm thinking In and Out. In and Out might be good. Uh, Nicole is here, not a Nicole affiliated with any LCS team, (laughs) but Nicole, where are you calling from? Uh,
9: Vancouver, Canada.
1: Vancouver, Canada. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show?
9: Uh, so my take, uh, sorry. You're good. Uh, I'll just explain it. Uh, so basically I was saying that, um, it's not in TSM's interest to kind of like cater to double Lift's needs the season of wanting, you know, like, um, an import support, because really they've thrown away all their developmental pieces in order to cater to this, it all fell through and now they're literally left with no roster option because everyone's already signed.
1: So wait sorry, are you suggesting that double lift is the pro- is the reason they're in this situation?
9: I would say so. I think I don't think it's I think double lift is totally justified to demand like a good roster. I just don't think it's in TSM's interest to really cater to that. Okay. Like, I think double this expectations; those are fine. But I don't think TSM should follow through with them at all.
1: So what I, people are gonna think? I'm I'm defending Peter. I'm more just asking for clarity. No, but you are. If if <laughs> if Peter is saying like, "Hey, I want you to go build a team that will bring me back to Worlds," and mm-hmm. like, isn't how is that not in TSM's best interest? Wouldn't it be in their interest to try to create like a an all star team or to have a great support?
9: Oh, totally. But if you're trying to create an all-star team, you need to be able to create an all-star team. <laughs> Obviously, they weren't really able to get the players they wanted, right? And yeah. so now they're new options, that's not even going to get them to Worlds in the first place, let alone get them that international success. So, yeah.
0: It's it's a little bit of hindsight bias, but I... I for under, sure, for sure. understand the point a little bit. Like, you know, I don't know what happened with, like, Hooney versus Licorice and the contract negotiations and maybe it was yeah, yeah. You, know, you know better to to get Hooney over Licorice, but like I, mm-hmm. I I'm in the boat, I think, with a lot of fans where I'm like, why isn't that you know, like the package deal thing would have had to happen, maybe double doesn't want to play with Diamond or you know, like who who knows why it fell apart. But mm-hmm. um, it's hard to look at a lot of these these roster moves, I think, and get super stoked. Hooney, I think people hate on him too much, but yeah, there's a reason that there is some criticism there and and if you can't get a superstar support and then Peter retires and you get this new bot lane, then what was the point of signing Hooney and PoE? And, you know, now you're in this awkward mismatch that we were kind of talking about with some of the other exactly. roster. You're, you're halfway new players and whatnot. I think mm-hmm. the idea of reloading made sense. I think grabbing PoE, you know, it's not the the most attractive pickup, not the splashiest one that I think people were hoping for, but he's, he's really good. Um, you know, he made it all pro last year and he's, he deserves it, but... For sure. Yeah, it's... It's one where I think I don't know what went went on behind the scenes when they when Pete went uh, excuse me uh, Bjorksen moved to coach, but I wonder mm-hmm. if they had a decision about whether they tried to reload or rebuild. Like, do we look at Spica and maybe some other of the players that we think have long term futures and, and look more at them? Uh, you know, like could they have grabbed that Golden Guardians deal in yeah. some capacity or something like that? You know, mm-hmm. like. Uh, you know, replace if with the guy that beat him. <laughs> you know, like I don't, I don't know.
1: Um, I mean, I think
0: I'm, I'm questioning the. I think everyone's questioning the the TSM roster moves at this point. Yeah, For
1: so sure. this is yeah. this is going to be a ton of speculation on my point. So please, everyone, take it as speculation. But uh, one rumor I have heard is that Poe actually it was very expensive to get Poe, and it you know kind of makes sense because in a world where Especially when we didn't know Perks was coming over. Uh, I mean, I mean, I probably knew, but I mean, other people maybe something understand. Um, the you've got Bjergsen retiring. People seem to say Jensen will be uncontested, so grabbing the second best mid laner in the league probably feels pretty damn good. And so there was probably a, a pretty big war, bidding war, to try to get Poe on your team. So if you're going to go with him, then you should actually like. TSM might have actually been gotten themselves in a really tight spot if they can't build a compelling roster because they might be paying a ton of money to POE to essentially have a development team, which I think will be super fascinating. So I guess to take a couple steps back, I I mean, we had Reggie calling on the show last week. He seemed very confident about the money that they were going to be spending. I think if you're Reggie, you know Bjergsen's retiring, you want to make sure that you can keep Peter, you go and you're going to spend a bunch of money on POE, I think in your mind your plan is we're just going to go big with this roster. Cause like, we don't want to slip with losing the King from the mid lane. And then you kind of end up in this situation. Now it's really awkward. So <laughs> I, I doubt that there was too much of a thought on like, Oh, maybe we should get the uh, four players from golden guardians, or maybe we should uh, build out a development team. I think they were always going to go big and now things are looking really spooky. What was it that Reggie tweeted? Like life is unpredictable or something like that. Uh, wasn't I, that
0: Jack? Even the best laid plans fall apart. Did Reggie have one too?
1: Yeah. Yes. So I mean, Jack seemed to be trolling, perhaps last minute negotiating with Carlos, but uh, <laughs> the Andy stuff seems like it's a little bit more spooky. Um. So I don't know. I I know we're, we've we've kind of gone off the topic from, from <laughs> the Nicole thing, but I guess you're suggesting Nicole that we that TSM should cut their losses, that they should now say like okay we can't build this team for you double lift be free and everybody and now we're gonna go build a development team
9: i mean double lifts gonna leave anyways right if they don't get that import support so not only have you lost all your key pieces trying to make room for that import support and other players but you're losing double lift as well right so i think it is like you mentioned it is a lot of hindsight bias because if all these deals went through you know this really wouldn't have been much of a take, but just seeing like how bad it can go if those deals like don't fall through. I think the safest thing, like I agree with the POE move. I think that that, I think that's like a really beneficial uh, mid laner to have, especially if you're trying to like bring up a lot of young talent. You can't just throw in a rookie mid as well as have like speak up. Maybe they keep broken blade. Like that's a lot of young, crazy talent that you kind of need to settle. I think POE is a great player for that. Uh, but no, I think like a lot of it, really trying to i don't think double lift is really like obviously he had a bad split but i think it's just best to kind of move on from that like i don't think he's going to be the player to really you know really rally up your entire team and of course you didn't want to rally up an entire team of rookies but like i don't think he's the player you should be building around if you want to have a future for that org like bjergsen's gone i would just say move on honestly um so yeah Thomas i Hull? would have
1: oh, sorry go, no go ahead
9: Okay, I was going to say, like, I think it would have been better for them to look almost. I'm not sure how much of the Ignar deal was, you know, already set in stone. I don't know if he would have considered coming, but I would have loved to see a lost Ignar bot lane. Because I think Ignar, you know, he's really, really roam heavy. If you have somebody like PoE who demands a lot of resources, as well as keeping Spika, I think those three, I think that could work out really well, especially to, like, help Spika, give PoE the resources he needs. And then maybe try to get one of those licorice or impact deals so that you can have like a weaker side top later, so that you don't really have to worry about them and really focus into POV because he can totally be the carry for your team. So I would have loved to see something like that instead of we're going to throw all our chips into double lift, even though we may only get a few more seasons out of them anyways. So
1: I I don't know. I think. <laughs> I think. It's No, a lot. No, Sorry. no, no. I don't want to all over the place. The. Uh... I think the reason why, if you are Andy and you hear Bjerg is retiring, you try to retain Doublelift is because you have, for Mm -hmm. all these years, been the most popular and just like a a very dominating team. Now, obviously, they didn't make Worlds the last couple of years, but like as a brand, they had this reputation of being great. And every time they didn't make Worlds, it was a big deal. So it's probably pretty. Like I'm not surprised that they wanted to spend big this off season, because it is really scary. I don't think that fans think enough about how much anxiety I am guessing some of these owners, especially the ones that have built a legacy and are afraid of losing it, have. Um, yeah. When especially at these moments where it seems like it could risk, like I'm not surprised. I see Jack in the chat. I'm not surprised that Jack. After having not made worlds for the first time, was like, how much money does it gonna cost, Carlos? How much? How much money is it gonna cost? So you know, it's just. I think it's not surprising to me that they TSM ended up going the direction they did, and even if they they fell short of that.
0: Well, so one thing I'll, I I agree. I mean, I think I understand the point, but if you're gonna go big, I think you actually have to commit to going big, which is something that TSM's never actually done. Um, I mean, this year I, I think they were it. going to, but 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 as you heard Hunter say, they won the auction for licorice.
1: Or yeah, supposedly, that's... right? The the top lane thing is the only thing that's confusing. It seems to be that they feel the sense I get. I mean, this is not necessarily even from sources, but like Andy Sorry. said, you okay, Nicole?
9: <clears throat> yeah. I dropped my phone. <laughs> um,
1: The, the sense I get is that cause Andy said last week, they got the exact roster they wanted. Now, clearly that didn't end up happening, but like, they seem to think, and based off stuff that Jack has said publicly, that, like, Hooney was the better option than Licorice. So I don't think that it was a situation where they couldn't afford, they didn't want to shell out the dollars for Licorice. I think they literally thought Hooney's better than Licorice. And I know there's going to be a bunch of keck W's in the chat, but, like, there that's what the evidence seems to suggest. And then they went yeah. big in the mid lane, and they were going to go big in support. They have Doublelift, who I assume is, even if I'm guessing his contract is pretty low because he didn't you know try to go to market with it uh you know he's pretty expensive and it's because it's like really well proven rookie like they had a great setup and they were gonna spend a lot
0: yeah i i guess i mean yeah maybe they thought they were reloading better than they were it's it's hard to say because i don't think on paper people would would be that jazzed about that lineup um and i think it's also fair one thing we didn't really even say during this call was Doublelift didn't have it that impressive of a year. I mean, even though he made Worlds and whatnot, like, you know, through playoffs, he was not like this pub stomper carrying his team or anything like that. Um, even when TSM was doing well, didn't have a great split on, on TL. I think, you know, there, there's that whole angle to take it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily agree with it, but I think some people might say, like, should you be is, – is he still a franchise player? You know, like, I, I, still, I still think yes, but um, – you know, if you're going to have this really difficult time rebuilding already.
1: I mean, I don't think they knew they were going to have this difficult build- plan. <laughs> Life is I mean, unpredictable, to quote. Re-
0: Reloading is always, always difficult when you have especially bigger spenders. Like, they haven't ever outspent their competition. How are you yeah. going to get the talent if you're he never said actually said that they were to... going to. But then they didn't again.
1: I know, but I'm just saying now you're t- we're definitely using hindsight on this. I mean, I'm just like it's it's yes now we know that they didn't get the thing but it seemed like they were going to get the thing and they were going to spend a lot to be to get the thing
0: well, i'm i'm just saying that like what, could then i've gotten perks they have the money i mean if, if he's the hottest thing since sliced bread you know
1: I don't were know. they even in the That's running a good question i mean the rumor was that perks wanted to play with van and Jack had said uh I believe publicly I'm paraphrasing because I didn't I didn't watch the full video that perks turned down money to go play with c9 so maybe they did try to make a, a run at perks and it just didn't ended up happening
0: yeah I mean if that's the case then then fair enough then this is totally hindsight bias and uh even the best laid plans fall apart maybe Jack was tweeting about Reggie we just didn't know it
1: I think Perks really wanted to play with C nine Fudge. I think that was his big thing. He's like, I don't care about double F. <laughs> you saw Fudge in the
0: chat, so you are just picking out whichever random pro player on C nine. Well, to there was like a great,
1: up. there was a great tweet that happened where I tweeted out the C nine roster, and somebody replied and was like, Perks really leaving like this amazing roster to go play with some dude named Fudge, and I added well, the- Fudge. And Fudge was like, yeah, it's true. <laughs> this is great.
0: Even even in the video where they were announcing perks, he was like running down the roster. He's like, yeah, really excited to play with Sven again and this, this, and this. And he's like, Fudge, I don't really know anything about him. Please don't suck.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, uh, any final thoughts, Nicole, um, or shout outs on this stuff?
9: Can I shout out myself? Can I self promo or no?
1: Yeah, is it so a podcast I think I think you can self not promo. A... <laughs> At some point in time, I had stopped saying self promos, and then because so many people mm-hmm. were coming on and promoting all their own podcasts, and then somebody on right. YouTube got very angry with me about that. So oh, go ahead.
9: I don't have a podcast, but I do stream on Twitch. Okay. So I would appreciate any support. I'll, I'll type in chat and let people know who I am. What is just but,
1: what is your Twitch name?
9: Uh, it's XSkyla. So it's X S K L E.
1: <laughs> y okay, A. There you go. I'm sure this.
9: Wait, no. Okay,
1: this I'll will start. be very effective for you. And thank, yeah, thank, that's thank, what I'm thinking.
9: Can,
1: can I you just know, say? I don't thank, think
9: there's that many girls here. So you know, show, like.
1: So last week, <laughs> last week, uh, I tuned into a stream where they were talking about Hotline League, and they said Hotline League is the boy as a boys' club. So I appreciate yeah. you calling in because I think okay. something happens where, like, I suspect. <laughs> women are they feel like they can't call in because it's just nothing but dudes always calling into the show so it's always really nice whenever somebody calls in and that doesn't have like i don't know it's just it's like... <laughs> yeah
9: no i think i've only ever seen like one other like female caller so yeah i gotta change that and actually yeah i'd love to like talk kind of about the league culture and kind of like i know it's like super cringy and cliche but like women in gaming almost you know because i think like it goes a lot deeper than a lot of people think and so, I don't know. But I feel like for this show, that's not really, like, a good take, you know? Like, no one wants to really talk about that, so.
1: I mean, if you if you want to call in and t- – I mean, I, I think we've already done – we're getting close to 10. We have another two callers. But um, okay. if you if you want to call in in the future and talk about your experience, I'm super happy to give you that floor.
9: Okay. And I just want to say the chat's, like, kind of flaming me on that. I swear it's not cringy. I'm not I'm not here to say, like, oh, my God, like, girls should, like – I'll be, like, gamers. No, I just want to talk about, you know, like – why maybe there aren't as many like girls in
1: play? Yeah. So yeah. Twitch chat is uh, not <laughs> the place that I would go for for. Yeah, their, I would. I would. They, They've they been are nice not, so far. They're <laughs> not the most uh, <laughs> modern group of people. Anyway, thank you so much for the call, oh and uh, we'll catch you next time.
9: Of course, thank you guys. Yeah, have a good one. Bye.
1: Yeah. All right, on to the next caller. Twitch chat, maybe you can uh, all be not a bunch of ridiculous individuals uh xantos thank you for the five months and it's obvious who thank you for the three months as well uh we're on to the final two callers going a little bit over time this week but that's fine uh it looks like our next caller is here young nick is here uh young nick, where are you calling from
0: Ooh. whoa that was not there when i pulled him i, got I a swear little bit of mic
1: feedback can you can you try again Young Nick, take two. Did we lose him? Hello.
0: Hello. Okay, I'm gonna.
1: Yeah, Young Nick. Sorry, we we're having some mic issues. I've turned you down, but uh, we'll have to we'll have to go Marcus Marcus troubleshooting. Sorry about that Twitch chat. Um, ah, man, I'm gonna maybe have to fix that for the the VOD. How how long into the show is this? I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. Ugh. Uh, anyway, not his fault. I'm sure. Just he needs to get a Alienware headset. Alienware.com/travis.
0: I don't. I don't know what happened. He sounded fine in the waiting room. Sometimes okay. stuff is.
1: Is he is disconnecting wet. and reconnecting, or
0: doing a disconnect, reconnect, and
1: checking him again? He's in play calls too. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Um, figuring stuff out. How are you guys doing, Twitch chat? What is the point of Twitch chat if we can't be ridiculous? I just don't ever want Twitch chat to be offensive. That's my we got another person. David is here. David, where are you calling from? Hi. Uh I'm David. I'm calling
7: from Dallas, Texas. I'm not the caller that was meant to be here, but hey, you know. Yeah. Well, uh
1: I, mean, I you were in yeah. the waiting room. We just selected you at yeah. a different point in time.
7: Different time. Uh and so, uh Mark, I had two takes. Uh, there was one about um, FlyQuest and one about the LCS's top lane aggression in general. Do you remember oh, which one of those you It was it was the latter. It was the latter. Okay. So, my take is basically that I think the LCS will be a lot more aggressive uh, this year in particular than it has been previous years for a lot of reasons. Uh, the import of a couple of new aggressive players, perks, Zerche uh, has been aggressive in the past. Last year was a weird year for him. Uh, Jose Diotto is very aggressive player. Uh, we have a bunch of carry top laners now Alfari, uh, Licorice, someday. Uh, plays carries pretty well fudge uh, did some carry games in academy uh and so i don't know how that'll uh go and i think all of the eager to impress rookies might also um up the aggression a lot maybe to the point of running it down a
1: bit (laughs) eager to impress i mean there's (laughs) this i think i think if we're just saying rookies i think there's just as much chance that they get scared and get ran over um i don't think that rookies are generally known for coming out and playing balls to the wall
7: that's, uh, there's some contracts, um, but yeah. And then I think some of the safe ADCs have been pushed out of the, uh, the league too. That's the last part of the take. But I think, uh, bang is not there anymore.
0: The the whole rookie aggression thing, I think it's, it's hit or miss depending on, um, the environment that they're joining. Cause if you're like the, the new guy who's just supposed to be there, like a team liquid situation, um, the tactical was aggressive. Uh, I think sometimes that's the time where you see less aggression, Uh, But I also think the environment, if it's still remote, I think that's not really decided, but I I think it's leaning towards that with how things are going. Uh, It's pretty likely that it's still remote. The start of spring could could be good for rookie aggression. And overall, I agree, like, a lot of the names that are coming in should be aggressive. Um, You know, I think when you look at the list of some of the ones not coming back, there's still aggression on there. But generally speaking, I think I'm excited for, for a lot of the the new players like you're talking about with jose diodo and, and it's not all just about toppling though there are a couple new ones and, and stuff i just think generally there's not many players where i'm like that guy likes to play safe and he's coming over to join the league
1: we david uh you don't understand that we we ruin these players Best uh, oh is, we do an lcs and so these yeah. players will come over here and yeah. they will stay back in lane and they will farm and uh there will be some posturing outside of dragon between the two teams but ultimately, after a couple skill shots, one of the teams will just slowly walk away and cede the team, the dragon to the other team. So that, I think, is what you should be expecting, not that any of these players will actually play aggressive.
7: Can I respond to that? Yeah, sure. This is how show works, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I think the proliferation of Cloud9 players might do something about that just because i think Reaper is one of the only coaches who we've seen consistently like is willing to make his players play aggressively and now there's a fair amount of former cloud nine guys who are on various teams and have leadership roles on those teams and there's a fair amount of former Reaper assistant coaches who are now head coaches and so i just think it might be a, a slightly different meta this year in terms of how aggressive people play we won't see as much hanging out around dragon for an hour
0: I, I also think that there's a chance that with how the league has changed, not just like with the players, hopefully the mindset changes as well for some teams. Um, so it's not just all new players who like are bringing it in, but some of the old players might hopefully adapt to, to, to see like how people reacted to like the, you know, TSM nine man sleep or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that, these younger players coming in see how fans like how orgs have seen how fans want a new talent new talent can see how fans want aggression and that they might be more lenient to a 0-10 fiora this year (laughs) or whatever it is um i'm hoping that fans are more lenient about that like we watched bin and uh nuggery both have these horrible fiora games people just int on fiora you know these are the best top laners in the world inting on fiora okay so have a little bit of leeway when rookie guy comes in when niles inevitably picks some weird carry in the top lane like he played rise at scouting grounds when i was watching um you know like he's gonna play something aggressive he's probably gonna run it down have a little bit of leeway when that happens um i'm I'm hoping that that mindset carries over not just with the fact that we're getting the talent but how they approach the game
1: yeah i'm i'm really curious i mean one of the things i really enjoyed about Jazuke this year even though i know he got a ton of flame was that he was frustrated by how passive LCS yeah. players were in lane and tried to go big and like, yes, you know, he would enter whatever, but like he did bring a different level of aggression to the game in a way that like North American mid-layers just generally weren't playing. So if we can see more of that stuff, and I mean, it sounds like he's going to be starting for EG as well. So um, I, I don't know. I'm excited to sort of see, I would love it. Look, There's like a beautiful path to redemption for our league this year where like these rookies come in, they struggle, but like the format changes allows them to look really good by summer or at least better. You know, C9 looks great. They go not only out of groups, but they make it further into worlds than we have in quite some time. Uh, TL looks competitive. Like there's a path here for us to feel good about ourselves again. And I am always looking for a path to feel good about myself again. I've given I mean, up long ago for all of us to feel no, anyway. It's, it's gone. Uh, David, I appreciate the take. It sounds like Mark and I agree. Is there uh, anything you want to shout out before we go to our last caller? Um, not really. I'll just uh, throw out like the
7: spiciest uh, take. Even if TSM had gotten everyone they wanted, they still would implode due
1: to ego problems. <laughs> so, <Maybe>. all right. <laughs> That's nice shout I, out. Uh, that's what I want to shout out. Okay. Yeah. Well, catch you next time, Mark. You want to go see if uh, our friend has fixed his microphone? Twitch chat really liked that take. Uh, maybe that should have been the take. Would have been would have been more dynamic, I guess. Uh, where are we? Mark, Mark is trying emphatically to get this solved. Thank you to Wolfer for the five months. And Kristen, too, for the four months. Uh, Mark is having him disconnect and reconnect. I'm seeing it in the chat. Giving you guys live updates on how this microphone situation is going. Very excited. Okay, I've got right. him turned down. We're going to see. Young Nick, are you here? Hello. Yes. You okay. sound great. Where, awesome. Where are you calling from?
10: Orlando, Florida.
1: Orlando, Florida. Okay, I'm, I'm turning you up. I'm just nervous, but... Uh, go go ahead and t- share your take.
10: Uh, yeah. So basically, my take was I think uh, people should lay off Ocelot, and you got to give him some credit for putting perks in the position that uh, he was in. And uh, given what you said earlier in the show, with um, you know, Ocelot having some time to know what he was going to do with his roster, I think he did the best move of you know he was looking at caps and upset for a second, and then uh, once Regulus became a free agent, he hopped on that. Uh, And then he stood firm on the whole, you cannot join Fnatic, but I will give you the best uh, opportunity elsewhere. And I think that he gave him that with C9 because I think this helps, uh, you know, not just uh, Perks and C9, but helps NA as a region. uh, Because, you know, Beerconson just retired. There's a big vacuum for who can be the best mid like MVP of NA. And Perks can walk right into that role. And he has a nice promising team of youngsters to do that with. And this is going to be like his project of like redefining the next era of NA.
1: Oh, man, I already see the people angry in Twitch chat. I can't... It is so weird to me that there are people out there that legitimately think Carlos should have just been like, hey, perks, I will sacrifice millions and millions of dollars and my team's ability to find success in this region hashtag YOLO like it's just it's so crazy to me that this is like a take like I okay I guess I shouldn't think that it's that crazy because I get that fans are passionate and people are blinded by their passion and they're like hey Perks is like a great player or I'm a big fanatic fan and like it sucks that this couldn't happen so like maybe I should not be surprised that this is a, a big opinion of people but welcome to I'm not even a sports fan And like, I just think it's, and I even know that it's not a world where like in any other sport traditional or otherwise, you know, big name teams would be like, yeah, sure. You're under contract with us, but we're just going to trade you for way, way, way less money to a team Mm -hmm. where you will dominate us just for the heck of it. You Mm -hmm. know, it's just like, it's so wild to me that this is like a take. I don't know. Yeah, I,
0: Yeah, I agree. And I'm sorry. No, I mean I'm I'm with Travis on this. I I will say I understand people based off the sheep and wolf story that uh, per, uh, Perks was talking about. Like, I think the angle that I can get behind a little bit is like more savvy business owners communicating with younger, more naive kids who just want to win uh, when they're, they're in, and kind of taking advantage of them potentially um, in terms of how I don't know what rights. Or whatever's going on but you know even just verbal commitments and like oh you're always gonna have a home here in g2 and what you're always be number one and then guess what caps is a better mid laner we got him now so you can't play mid for us ever again and so if you want to play mid, get out of here you know like those kinds of dealings and the way of of uh people not liking that i can understand that it's it's a little you know scummy or, or what have you um but yeah. at the end of the day, a business is going to be a business, and every business is going to be a business, and the business interests are themselves, pretty much all the time. Yes, there are orgs that can be a little bit nicer about it, uh, you know, like FlyQuest. You know, there there is this this gradient, um, but most orgs are and businesses are going to prioritize themselves first, number one, and there's no higher priority. Maybe they have some other nice priorities near that one, but um, you know, every org would make that decision. I think that most orgs would make that decision that that uh, Carlos made. And I think rather than like, and that should be expected. Like when you go into business with any of these kinds of, of things, that's what, what people are going to try and do. Um, and you just need to go into that knowing that and like if perks did get taken advantage of or whatever, or there are these promises that didn't end up getting fulfilled or, or whatever. I understand the animosity um, and, you know, it sucks that someone, get, you know, you get burned by that, but you know, I, that, that's the nature of the beast, in in a lot of ways.
1: I uh I so two things in here. One, somebody was claiming that Perks said he wanted to stay closer to his family and didn't want to move. I would be so. I will just say, I hear a lot of stuff during off season, as evidenced by how much shit I've gotten right. I have not heard once that like Perks is being moved to North America against his will. It's just like not something I've heard. Maybe, like, I guess it's entirely possible that that is the case, and I just have not heard it. But until I see, like, evidence of that, until I hear perks say this, or it's, like, widely reported with by reputable people with great sources, like, I just, it's... I don't think that... I, I have yet to hear of any player being forced across an ocean against their will by <laughs> uh, LCS contract trades, or all uh, well, esports contract trades, and it would be very surprising to me if this was the first time that, that happened. Secondly, Empire in chat said something that I think is really important. It, he said, the real take is that G2 players should not have extended 1.5 years before their contract ends. I really quickly, bear with me. I've been really happy because for a long time, the fans and the community never thought about how much it costs for teams to spend on their roster and so it was like well why doesn't this team just get this player or these players or whatever people didn't really think about budgets and I think a combination of different things some of my stuff some of the, the other uh, numbers coming out—changed perception I think the next big thing that I would I beg of the community to start considering is when players re-sign or when they sign extensions or contract signing stuff guess what Reckless is on G2 right now because he didn't sign an extension and he explored free agency like that is a pl- decision that he made and so i like i'm not trying to like blame perks or something like that right i'm not i'm not like oh this is a perks but players should consider the contract stuff and when they make decisions about those contracts and when they resign them the community should notice this think about it consider it and factor it into the equation of like okay this player is not going to be able to join a team that they necessarily want to because they're under contract there you go. That's my thing, Mark.
0: Uh, the other, the other thing I was going to throw in there um, too is, uh, oh god, I, I lost it. Oh, um, people say Perks built G two, and like, you yeah. know, both both people, it's mutually beneficial. Like Perks wasn't the one deciding their content. He wasn't the one signing other players. sounds like he was helpful in getting them there by by being such a, a beast himself, um, and probably had good relationships with a lot of players. Um, but like he wasn't GMing and running an org and being a CEO, uh, which Carlos was doing. Um, in the same way, you know, the, it's a mutually beneficial thing where both of them have reached newer heights together that they wouldn't have gotten. Um, so, like, at some point, that relationship's going to end for whatever reason, whether it's retirement or, or whatnot. And, like, I still, like I said, I understand the idea of, like, a, a less savvy player or, you know, younger person getting taken advantage of or whatever, but... um, that's that's the angle that I, I can agree with. Otherwise, if we're just talking raw business, I think, you know, every, most people would do it what Carlos did uh, from a strictly business decision from what we know on on the outside.
1: I mean, traditionally, like, yeah, like this. I guess I should say if people are upset by this, they should stop watching all esports. sports I
0: wouldn't say that. Please don't go anywhere. I would say <laughs> that
1: because like this stuff is just going to keep happening. It's idiot. We are in a world now where players are signing. There's millions and millions of dollars at stake. You know, everybody wanted this to get big. Guess what? This is one of the downsides of it. Um, is that like decisions are not like, Oh yeah, this is my bro. And, and there are great, just great things that go along with it. Um, but yeah, this is the thing. Mark is getting a girlfriend aggro. So maybe we have to wrap this up, but yeah. Uh, young Nick, any, uh, any final sorry i know you, we just used you as a launching point to rant but any no final it's time? all good
10: I, I pretty much said what i wanted to say uh, i just want to say have uh, been a long time fan been subscribed on youtube since like you first started out and it was uh you know you were like doing state of the league stuff and i just wanted to say like before jacob wolf was even a thing it was travis gafford so please uh follow the man listen to the man he's correct on everything and uh, i'm actually a esports uh, betting writer and i do like eu lcs news uh, you know for some of the you know some of the lines and stuff like that and I always refer to your stuff because you're just on point all the time and yes thumbs well, up I, I can
1: tell you I'm not always right I, there's one thing I will probably get wrong which is sneaky or johnson to dig I don't oh, think yeah. that's going to happen I think they're going to I mean no one no said me. that but uh, yeah, e- either way I, appreciate, <laughs> I I really appreciate the kind words young Nick and I appreciate you calling on and uh, and glad we were able to get your mic stuff sorted out
10: no problem yeah, have yep. a good one
1: Awesome job. Uh, somebody in chat, by the way, where was this? Where was this? Somebody in chat said people are allowed to be upset. Hippo Squirrel said that, I think in response to me saying people should stop watching. Yes, the people are allowed to be upset. The problem is they're just going to get upset over and over and over again because stuff like this is going to happen um, more and more. So we'll we'll see how, how this how it folds out. But I'm pretty sure people are going to continue to be upset if they don't like it whenever business-minded people make business-minded decisions. Uh, Mark, are you okay?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm excited. Great episode. Um, I I got a shout out to uh, Brandon Sanderson reading Rhythm of War. Can't wait.
1: Okay, we Mark really needs to leave. Clearly, so, uh, thanks so much to Mark, um, for being my constant co-host for 150 episodes. It Feels like one five zero. We were a hundred, but I I appreciate that. Thanks to Hunter for coming on the show. Um, it's Thanksgiving week. Hope everyone in the U.S. uh, safely enjoys whatever meal they wish to enjoy. And uh, maybe it'll be a bit of a quieter week for us at Travis Gafford Industries because of that. But thanks, everyone, for watching. This has been Hotline League episode 150.
0: All right. Catch you later, dude.